powered from the Perdomo Scott Studios on the Red Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Stage Studios in California. It's episode 224 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, it's the five-year anniversary of Primetime, and we welcome back the one and only Justin Andrews of STG as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is sponsored by Saga Cigars. Dayless Race introduced another chapter of the saga, the Saga Celez. Celez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work in the spirit of the standing ideal of owning your own journey and making your own saga. Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. Saga Celez carries a brand of Criollo Olor and Peloto Cubano, wrapped in a selected Ecuador shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. Available in three sides at an affordable price, ask your retailer for Saga Celez. And by Perdomo Cigars, Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo State Selection Vintage, the Perdomo Double-Aged 12-Year Vintage, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Champagne, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel-Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Menso 70 and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the new Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And by Aganorsa Leaf. Great Leaf makes great cigars. Aganorsa Leaf stands out because of the distinctive flavor of the Corolla 99 and Criollo 98 seeds cultivated by Cuban agronomists on the best lands in Alapa and Esteli, Nicaragua. When you smoke a JFR, JFR Lunatic, Guardian of the Farmer, Casa Fernandez cigars, you will experience the unique taste and aroma that makes Aganorsa Leaf special. Smoke one today and enjoy the signature flavor of Aganorso Leaf. And finally, by Drew Estate. Check out and download the Drew Diplomat app via mobile device. Keep up with everything going on in Drew Estate. Experience the subculture that is re- the rebirth of cigars. Available on iTunes or Google Play. For more information, check out www.drewdiplomat.com, as well as check out their new beta program for the new uh, platform. And as always, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the California Studios for the Primetime Show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Special Edition 224. This is uh, Will Cooper um, here in the uh, Perdomo Scott Studios on the Red Stage on this Thursday night. Uh, joined uh, cross country by my friend and colleague, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How you doing tonight, Will? Well, Aaron, it's a great to finally think do a Thursday show together. I don't know if we've done one in like a couple, like several weeks actually. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of it was a little different. We had to switch a day. We had unfortunately had to take a couple of some stuff off for, for good and bad reasons. But uh, I know you had a good vacation last week, so it's great yep. to have you back. That's that's good. Yeah, a little nice time in Florida. Um away from the family so it was nice nice like yeah that's good I, actually i'm going to florida with the family next month so uh there you go so that's i got the opposite that's my florida trip with the family yeah but um you know i guess you know we look at the dates we uh five years ago on april 13th we launched this show mm-hmm. so i guess kind of coming because i we can't do a show next week unfortunately because of my right. schedule uh i guess this is our 
official, unofficial five-year anniversary show. So uh, thanks for putting up with me for five years. Oh, That's the yeah, best same, same year. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I think, uh, I think you know, it's been, Aaron, it's been a, I mean, the run we've had has been great. If you would have, uh, if I said we would have done over 200 shows and we're going, um, man, it's all, I mean, you, you have so much to do with this and the success of this is, is a lot uh, because of you. So thank you very much. Yeah. I mean, uh, I appreciate you uh, wanting to bring me in on this uh, show that you uh, put together. So uh, yeah, congrats to you for doing all the coordination and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I've had a good time. And, and thanks for being that, like what I call the angel and devil on my shoulder. Right. Yeah. Because you'll tell Aaron will tell me, no, no, this is a bad idea. You know. <laughs> So, uh, no, we've had some good times. Uh, it's like, you know, it's become a, like a Thursday night thing and uh, yep. escape from reality a little. So, yep. uh, you know, um, but and of course, thanks to our audience and all of our sponsors and partners over the years as well, because we couldn't and all, the guests, and, yeah, and all the guests and all the guests. Yeah, all the guests. Uh, some some joining us on the protest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, um, but it's all good. Uh, so speaking of protests, I mean, you were debating there's a little you had a little protest tonight right <laughs> yeah i mean so it's a special show and then we have a guest like this it kind of puts a little bit of damper on things but i mean I, i'll go with it if you if that's what you want Coop. i'll i'll take one with the team here oh no no listen this guy i know this guy in all serious, i know this guy a long time and we, we we uh this guy probably is the most uh the guy who gets busted on more than anyone in the cigar industry uh and uh he takes it very well. And, uh, but I do know him a long time and, uh, look, uh, I'm happy he's on. So, um, yes, I'm I happy am, as well. No, I am. We're, we're, giving kidding. we're giving him a hard time. We always do. Right? Um, and like I said, I, I've known this guy over 10 years and, uh, where he's, I just watched this guy grow in the industry and, uh, he is a, a great friend. Um, even though I didn't get a seat at the table at uh, Pro Cigar, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. But let's introduce the one and only Justin Andrews of, of STG, Scandinavian Tobacco Group. Justin, welcome back to primetime. You know what? I've got so much to say already. <laughs> that intro, the fact that I was able to stay quiet during that just absurdity is just, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a testament to my, my maturity these days. First off, I heard some booing when you announced Aaron Loomis that, like, right off the bat. So I know my headset's working well. Second, <laughs> second, the fact that you've been able to do a show with this dude for five years is unbelievable. That's Aaron doing it, it with me for five years. <laughs> I'm, I'm difficult. No, no, that's exactly yeah. true. But it's the, you got it wrong way around. It's like patience my, on a monument. The third thing I wanted to know is how badly does Aaron's family want to take a vacation from him? When he said he went to Florida on a vacation with his family, I'm like, oh, my God, what kind of vacation is that for his family? I mean, this is just no, no, no. I took a vacation away from them so they could have a vacation. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And talk about protest, Aaron. I was hoping you would protest. I mean, I kill on anyone, you know, so so when I said a sick day, you know how how Americans are sick days. It's kind of like, you know, you just add them to the vacation time. Right. Yeah. But uh, but I but I must say that the show would have been better had I not had to see you tonight. But that being said, I'm sure there's people out there that would say this show could have could have been a little better if Justin wasn't the guest, too. So I couldn't miss an opportunity to bust on you, Justin. I couldn't take a day off. Oh, and Coop with the with the with the table invite. My God. Coop. <laughs> so wait, I want to I want to put the rec- I want to put the record straight on this. OK, so this is this is my little jab at Pro Cigar. 
because if you are not part of the manufacturing community, good luck finding a seat at the white dinner is all I got to tell you. Sir, sir, and it's a serious thing. Like we either I have to know someone to, to get at a table or I'm sitting off on a bar chair in the corner. And that's how that's how it is. If you're not a manufacturer, it's my one beef about the white dinner. They need to fix. They need to get so the peons like myself could get as an actual real seat at, at, at the white dinner. Dude, speaking of peons, do you realize how 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 insane it was that I actually had a seat as we were walking in? I was like. I'm going to be in the in the kitchen. I'm going to be somewhere. There's there's no way that I that I'm actually going to be able to be uh, inside this place. So you're asking the one person to get you a seat at the table that I didn't even know where my seat was. <laughs> frankly, I was surprised I had a seat at the table. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I mean, honestly, you know what I'm talking about because you walk into this thing, and and I'm not. This is not joking. About reserve, 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 reserve for reserve for this company, reserve for that company, right? Um, and, and it's like, unless there's an empty seat and most companies will like, if you ask them, like, first we got to ask them, right. Um, they'll give you the seat or, but sometimes they don't know who's showing up at the table. So it, be, it becomes a real problem, uh, with that. And, uh, so I kind of busted on Justin in fairness, because he was busted on me. How come you didn't see me all week? And I'm like, <laughs> that is and Now see, that's it. As they would say, that's the other side of the story there. Because uh, what Coop doesn't want anybody to know is he was at Pro Cigar. But I think the white party was the only actual Pro Cigar sanctioned event you went to. You were, you were, I, I thought you'd been kidnapped to Chateau del Twente there for, for all week. I, I, I didn't see you at all, not once. Um, no, I, w- I was, um, I was, the, I was at all sanctioned events uh, except the dinner or the gala the night before the white dinner, which it was, it was pure ex- exhaustion. So that was the only thing I did miss was the, so the night before that gala was the only thing I did miss. Well, and well, I did Coop, have to leave the day time, early. The only time I saw you besides the white party is you were getting chauffeured up to the hotel Grand Almirante in a blacked out Audi. And I'm pretty sure you had security. So at that moment I was like, I'm not going to see Coop for the rest of the night or for the rest of the, for the rest of pro cigar. Carlito made arrangements, yes, but uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I won't deny that. But uh, and then Lafleur made arrangements the next day. They uh, John Carney had a uh, a van, so uh, so yeah, there was some arrangements made, which was very kind of these guys, by the way. They didn't a- have Aaron, you should have seen him. He jumped out of the car. He waved to the paparazzi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was he was ushered in to the hotel, and uh, and I said hot coop, and he shot me a glance. And was like, I don't really have time to talk to Justin right now. And he just was ushered into his uh, fifth floor uh, VIP room, which if anybody's ever stayed at Grand Almirante, you know that only the VIPs of the VIPs get to stay on the fifth floor. So, uh, so Coop was uh, was mm-hmm. ushered away. But, uh, I, 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 you know, look, I, I, I was going to put a word in with the vice president of the Dominican Republic with you, but uh you know, I only had a couple of minutes there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, but it was actually, it was really good uh, seeing you, Justin, uh, last month. So I hope you, I hope you seriously, you did have a good time. Was that your first pro cigar you had gone to? That was actually, so it was, uh, no, it was a blast, man. And, you know, as, as someone who's, who's been doing this for a long time now, um, I, you know, I consider myself a veteran, but everybody, you know, it's uh, it's I'm, I'm still kind of the young guy on the scene there, even though I've been doing this for for almost uh, 15 years now. Uh, one of the things I've always wanted to do was go to Pro Cigar. 
And I think I overplayed my hand uh, in the early years with, with STG because uh, everybody knew how enthusiastic I was about going. Um, and so I was never allowed to go. And so, uh, yeah, so I was excited to go this year. Uh, obviously, we hosted uh, people at the farm. Uh, so I was a part of that. And, and really getting to educate people on tobacco and, and host that was, was a thrill. And then obviously the following day, we hosted people at our factory. So taking people through the tour, uh, showing them our, our different varieties of tobacco was great. And then obviously the party. So for me, man, it was, uh, it was definitely a bucket list thing. Um, so yeah, a, a, a bucket list thing, 15 years in the making. And uh, so I was excited to be there. Yeah, no, it's a great tour. Um, I've actually done that tour a few years ago. Uh, what, one thing I like about that tour, um, it's because not all tours do this, is they go from seed to basically shipping. So you kind of go through the whole thing chronologically, which is um, I, I just find it's much better when you go through it that way. And, you know, there's like I said, when you go into that tobacco warehouse, Justin, uh, at the General Cigar Dominicana, it, it, it's like, I've never seen that much tobacco. So I, uh, I, I totally get that part too. When, you, when you're there. Yeah, I was, I was really proud to be a part of it. It was, it was cool to kind of put yourself in, in other people's position there and perspective. And, and I, I feel like the factory did a really good job of taking everybody from seed to shelf to, I mean, all the way through to our tobacco library. Um, so for me, it was, you know, I, I, I thought the team did a really good job. It was very educational. And then you get to, some fun stuff too you know we we uh we cooked a pig on the on the cajachina and you had some some live music and some entertainment and of course some good cigars so i think for uh for for people that are outside of the industry but but are cigar smokers and especially even like cigar media it's really cool to to go through that whole process and see what what companies have to offer and uh, and obviously i mean i saw I, you know, I was talking to John Carney and, and I saw some of the things LaFleur did, obviously Fuente and, and so on and so forth. But I think it's just it's a great week to celebrate the culture, to celebrate the people, to celebrate Dominican tobacco. Um, so it lived up to my expectations. I was a little exhausted because I had I, I had just arrived from Honduras a few days before Pro Cigar. So it was one of those like unpack, repack things. So. By, by the you know the fifth day, I, I was running on fumes, and and Regis, our, our the president of, S, of of General Cigar, and he basically was like, "Well, did you have fun?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, you're coming every year from now on because we had you know." So, uh, <laughs> so I'm glad I enjoyed it because now it, it appears that uh, that I'm part of the process there. So no, it's uh, a, but yeah, that's good. Uh, that's good. Like I said, I think it's, like I said, I wish we had more time to go to like all the factories, and you know, every year we're, we're limited to two. And which is great, but you can't go see everybody and every so you're going to go make some people happy and you're going to make some people upset uh, for sure with that. But um, so but, yeah, it was a great, great week overall. Um, and uh, definitely, uh, like I said, good seeing you as well. Um, hey, so let's turn to, you know, it's been a while since you've been on. And I think there's a lot of things happening um, on at STG. And the first thing I wanted to hit, Justin, is. I think the change that happened last year, which was, I think it still was a very big change that you guys made. It's something that we really hadn't seen to the extent you guys did it. And that was when um, the premium cigar portfolio was split uh, into general and forged. 
maybe you can give some folks a little context on why STG made such a move with that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, man, I, I, uh, I didn't realize how long it'd been since I, since I've been on the show, I, I, I you know, I thought it'd been, been a little more recently, but, uh, yeah, so, so it's not something that's uncommon in, in other industries mm-hmm. In in our industry, it is uncommon. Um, but when you reach a certain scale and a company, company like our size that has, you know, we're, we're a house of brands, right? So we've got all these Cuban equities, we've got brands that we've created, uh, we've got brands that we've acquired over time. And, and, and when you reach that, that type of scale, it's, it's very difficult for one sales rep to go into one retailer and to try to sell 36 brands, you know? And, and, and so that's where we, we for the last few years, uh, we've been kind of analyzing the situation, looking at some of the brands that perhaps weren't getting quite the attention that a lot of our you know, big hitters were. And, and as a retailer, you know, it's very tough once the general cigar rep is in there and you've already bought Macanudo and CAO and Punch and Partagas and La Gloria and Diesel and so on and so forth. When you, when you get down to some of our brands like Sancho Panza and, and Don Tomas and El Rico Habano and, and, and things like that, you know, the, the, the money is pretty much spent at that point or you're, your uh, your your uh, uh, attention span is has has expired. Right. So it made a lot of sense for us internally to look at that and go, hey, how can we split the portfolio? How can we engage and and offer you know a, a deeper level of engagement with our retail partners, with all of our channel partners? And so that's how Forge uh, came about. I will say it's been you know uh, everybody that's involved in the forge on the sales side um they're guys that come from the industry they're guys with a lot of industry knowledge and and it was it was something that was really exciting for us and and re-engaged and and rejuvenated a lot of these brands and and for me as a marketer and and a cigar maker and a, and a brand developer it, it it was an opportunity for me to pay attention to some brands that otherwise you know we 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 just didn't have time for and and it's and it's not by any fault of anyone, but just the nature of the business. When you have such a large portfolio and there's all this new innovation year over year, sometimes some brands get left behind. So, so for us, man, it's, it's, it's been tremendously successful. We're excited. It's, 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 it shines some light on some brands that, that were dormant for a few years. And I think our, our, our retail partners uh, specifically are excited that, uh, that we were able to engage with them on a deeper level. Is there any delineation between like General and Ford's where you say like maybe General's more of the legacy brands and Ford's is kind of the newer ones, the rejuvenated ones, or is that just kind of a bad assumption I'm making here? I, I think, I think that's a safe assumption because, you know, again, if you look at any of the press releases, any of the communication, I think it, it, it it's easy to kind of see where the brands were split. Right. So you see, legacy brands and, and their legacy for a reason. They're impactful. They, they have a long history of success um, and, and they're brands that, you know, for the majority of, of this category's existence, you know, you couldn't open up a cigar shop without bringing those brands in. And so the Ford's portfolio, a lot of those brands are up and coming brands. A lot of those brands are maybe legacy and, and, and historical brands that perhaps needed some more attention. Um, so, so to me, it makes a lot of sense, but no, I think that's a safe assumption to say that 
it's, it's pretty easy to look at the general cigar portfolio and see that brands like Cohiba and Punch and CAO and Macanudo are part of general cigar. And then when you look at the Ford's portfolio, you've got brands like La Gloria, El Rey del Mundo, Boulevard Cofredia, Diesel, Pargis, and so on. And, you know, even we'll get into your expanded role in a little bit, but even though you your role is you're with STG and you're basically working with both General and Forbes. Is that, uh, is that accurate? That is, that is accurate. So I have, uh, I've got my feet in both camps there uh, as far as our domestic brands go and kind of our activity here in the U S and uh, in Canada. So, so for me, Forge's, uh, Forge's creation uh, added to my workload significantly. Um, so, but no, it's, it's a lot of fun because I get to work on legacy brands. I get to work on obviously brands uh, that, that are in the Ford's portfolio and obviously, you know, kind of my baby here, Diesel. Um, so, yeah, so, so I guess officially you, I, I'm an employee of STG. Um, so I get to, you know, I'm fortunate enough to get to work across the portfolio, across our factories and across the U.S. and also internationally. Nice, nice. Um, you know, Diesel, you mentioned it being your baby. Um, right. I mean, you're happy with it being in Ford's. Do you think it's the right home for it or would you rather have been general? How's that work for you in terms of how you look at it? Where's these softball questions, Coop? Like, what am I smoking? What am I drinking? <laughs> How's the weather? Like, I mean, that's on a Friday night show. That's on. Oh, <laughs> Christ, man. I, I feel like Aaron set the agenda here. He's like, look, look. no, he didn't. That was me. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I have tough questions later, Justin. These, right. are, these, are, these are the softball questions. <laughs> you, did, you didn't even let me tiptoe. It's like, you know, ask you like, uh, so I, I, there should be a disclaimer that goes across the bottom of the screen. Justin does not speak on behalf of Scandinavian tobacco. So no, well, I, uh, I might ask you to say, oh, I'm really upset. I'm just like, well, you know, obviously <laughs> you found a home diesel and I'm just kind of curious to see what you think about it. Well, <laughs> so, so I, I guess, uh, and you guys know I'm long winded. So this is, this is another long winded answer. That's so <laughs> obviously, obviously diesel had, uh, had really good, uh, uh, you know, its success was, was beyond what we, have imagined right in a very short period of time and thankfully the reception uh from our retail partners uh was tremendous right and and there was a little bit of uneasiness at first and and kind of this this we really know exactly what to expect that we were taking a brand that was at first direct to consumer and and then now we're offering it in all channels so that being said uh Diesel has been great, been successful uh, beyond our wildest dreams. And, and I was very happy. And obviously, I would travel with our General Cigar reps. We would do events together and, and so on and so forth. So when, when it was kind of told to me that Diesel would be one of the anchor brands for Forge, uh, I, I think anybody would back me up in this, that I was a little, uh, I, I, you know, I had some questions, right? Because it, it, it's it's tough to try to fix something that's not broken, right? Yeah. Now, that being said, I've been so pleasantly surprised and humbled that the guys from Forge have have taken this brand on, kind of adapted its personality, and and have really accelerated its growth even more and gained distribution. The good thing is it's not a zero sum game, right? The fact that Diesel is continuing to grow and Forge is not at the detriment or, or at the criticism of anything anybody on the general cigar side has done. 
but it took diesel from another brand within the general cigar portfolio uh, at, and, and developed it into an anchor brand mm-hmm. for Forge. And these guys are enthusiastic about it. They, you know, they, they, they personified kind of what, what we built with diesel. And thankfully for me, a lot of the guys from Forge, you know, they were cigars just like me. So that, so it, it didn't take a rocket scientist to see diesel kind of in positions that otherwise they hadn't been and in boutique shops that otherwise wouldn't normally not carry something like that. So I've been very fortunate with the guys at diesel, but also the guys at general deserve a lot of credit because this brand went from zero retail presence, zero dollars in sales to just completely blowing out any projection that I had ever put on paper. So, so I'm, I'm a happy camper for sure. You know, all right, I'll throw a softball at you, Justin. Okay. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of brands established in the brick and mortar and eventually become catalog brands, right? I don't think we've seen this happen where a catalog brand has, has made a footprint into the brick and mortars. I, I, oh, I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's happened. Um, so, I mean, good, that's a good job. That's a very good job you've done. Um, and it's, like I said, something that you could look at and say, you know what, maybe you, were, you, you, were one of the, you were the first to do that. Um, so I think that <laughs> you deserve credit on that. Despite what Aaron writes, writes about your cigars. <laughs> <laughs> I right. still can't make a cigar that Aaron likes, but no, you're Coop. You're right. Because obviously, yeah. you know, my background, yeah. Blue Roger cigars, you know what we were doing. We were, we were growing tremendously. The goal was to grow that brand big enough and get enough distribution and enough awareness to hopefully the guys at famous and the guys at CI and the guys at Thompson and JR and so on and so forth would go, Hey, there's enough demand for this brand, right? So, so when I took over Diesel in 2017, I was very clear with, with the people that were listening to me, like, this is ridiculous. Like, no brand has ever had this kind of migration pattern. Right, right. It, it, it's built as a direct-to-consumer. It was built as, you know, like, hey, Mr. Taylor, we don't necessarily need you here. This is an internet catalog brand. So when it was, when it was dumped on my plate, I was like, you know, this is uh, this is either going to be tremendously successful or this is finally going to give STG the rope they need to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, you know, yeah, Justin, it's, it's time to pursue other, other opportunities. So, yeah. So, no, you're right. And it's and I got to tell you, it was man, I've got some I, I call this side of my the, the gray hair here. This is the diesel gray hair because <laughs> the first year and a half, bro, it was I mean, h- how do you go to, you know, uh, a TA account or, or someone who's, who's a market leader in their area and, and think that they're going to go, yeah, I want to really, you know, I want to support this, this internet catalog brand. But fortunately for us and a testament to the diesel brand, these retailers were like, you have no idea how many times a week people come in asking me for diesel, like unlimited, unholy cocktail, rage, yeah. And they were so thrilled that they had the opportunity to to not only have the brand on their shelves, but compete at a price point that was uh, uh, across all channels. So, man, you talk about being pleasantly surprised. I was over the moon. It was the the feedback and, and the reception was was absolutely great. And obviously, Whiskey Row was one of the one of the hottest brands in 2018, which kind of catapulted us 
to, to yeah. where we are today. Yeah, no, um, you know, it's funny because I do know a lot of those guys that you're talking about who are the unholy cocktail guys. And I mean, not to, I mean, retailers were able to order that through Meyer and Dutch, but I think they were reluctant to do that. Right. I just think there was a reluctance to bring those brands in uh, because I think they were still stigma as, as catalog brands. And I think so. I think what you guys did is you really had a kind of you had to change that whole uh, perception. And, and that that's, you know, that took a while. And then obviously Whiskey Row, I think, was a key part of doing that, certainly. It did. And, you know, there, there was a couple of misconceptions early on. And, and I've touched on this, you know, on, on every interview I've ever done, I think, since Diesel. The, the fact that the cigar was at an affordable price point, people assumed it was, you know, it, was, it, it wasn't the quality of, of the cigars that you see at retail. But, you know, it, it, it's a simple math equation. We, we have AJ making the cigars. Obviously, AJ is, you know, he's, he's top of the world right now and has been for the last decade. And the thing is, by selling it to direct to consumer, we were able to offer it at a very approachable price point right so that's the first misconception people thought oh, it's short filler it's mixed fill or you know whatever and that was never the case diesel's always been a premium handmade cigar that has come from tobacco aj fernandez right the the this the second thing was we instituted a and this is this is very corporate for uh, for the people out there we instituted a pricing policy and and the reason that i feel that's worth noting is that my reps were able for our rather we're able to go into a retailer and go listen here's the pricing policy here's what's sold online here's what's sold in your store and the two are the same and so retailers felt very equipped to support a brand where they knew somebody couldn't go to you know xyz.com and see it for for a price below what they were, were buying it and so i think that was a really key part of our success and to show our support to our retail partners is that hey not only are we going to innovate with some really cool shit, but we're going to give you some, some great cigars at an affordable price point that you can be competitive with. And I think uh, obviously the last four years have, have, have proven that that has been, uh, been successful for us. Yeah, no, uh, it's very interesting. You say that because I was just going to ask you kind of how would you define the, the diesel brand in this whole STG world? Like how you've got all these different brands. How would you say, what is the diesel brand? What is like, give me the, uh, give me like the mission statement of the diesel brand here. So you, if, if, if I would send you some of my early uh, presentations, uh, as you know, as, as, as a big cigar company, uh, we're, we're big fans of PowerPoint presentations and right. situational analysis and a lot of stuff that, as my buddy Skip Martin reminds me all the time that he hasn't had to do since his days, you know, in, uh, in corporate America. But I will say that this very early on, I had pictures of, you know, Johnny Cash flipping the bird. I had, I had this like irreverent thing. And, and, and that's funny, but the, the whole point was my communication to our organization was the strength of diesel, right? The, the brand mission, the ethos of this brand is that it is not like any other STG brand, right? It's not the Macanudo uh, cigar smoker. It's not the Partagas cigar smoker. It's not the LaGloria cigar smoker. Uh, if anything, it was closer a little bit to the CAO cigar smoker. I was going to say that. It, I was going to say that, yeah. When it comes to that stuff, but, but, and obviously you could tell I'm passionate about this because 
one of the if if you know if I to to get let go tomorrow, which is a possibility, uh, I would come show. back and say, that, yeah, the, the, my my biggest contribution to this brand outside of the tobacco and the blending and all that has been to preserve its kind of irreverent, unapologetic uh, style and and approach, right? And, and those are fancy marketing words, but the, the reality is Diesel is a brand that what's inside the box matters than the box itself. Diesel is a brand that when somebody leaves the register or somebody leaves the website, they're going to feel that they're getting the better end of that transaction, right? It, it's a great cigar from a great factory, and, and it's affordable, which, which again, it, and, and we've, we've kind of elevated diesel now i'm launching cigars at a price point that 10 years ago people would have said you're insane but this brand is so different it's so tobacco forward and its branding is different and it, and it's a every man's cigar right it's not it's not someone that that is the the lounge lizards that's holding the label going look what i'm smoking look at this look at that like it's it's for the guy who knows hey i know what i like i know what I want and I'm willing to pay for it, but it's also not going to break the bank. So I think that's been the the one of the key elements in the in the success and, and the trajectory of diesel is that even Coop, when you would come to IPCPR, you'd see my diesel booth and you'd see the stuff that we we're doing. Like it's very different from anything that General Cigar had ever done before. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, I, like I said, I still think it's different than CAO. Don't get me wrong. But I think the one thing is like CAO has a lot of these like creative paths. And I think you've kind of done a lot of this creativity on the diesel and not replicating that by any means, but kind of doing it, I think, different. And you, you could see that, uh, and especially with some of the projects we're going to talk about for sure. So I think you like the, the brand is certainly really grown. But I think there's one constant, right? There's one constant, right? AJ Fernandez is is the blender for this brand. Is that accurate? Is he, is he accurate? One, 100%. So every diesel that has ever been in market has, has been blended and produced by AJ Fernandez. Yep. And again, when you look back 12, 13 years ago, nobody knew who Abdel Fernandez was. Right. So I think it's, it's, it's amazing to look at the trajectory of diesel and also AJ last 12, 13 years, right? And and that to me is, is a testament to our quality, our consistency, and where we are today is that we have one factory, one supplier, and it's and it's AJ Fernandez. Now I come in and add, you know, whatever it is that I add and, and as Aaron would say, you could debate my my influence on uh, on what we're doing. Oh sorry, just knocked my my iPad over here. Uh, <laughs> but but it is but no you're right. That's uh, that's the constant is is AJ every every diesel that is in existence today or has been has come out of Tabaculera, AJ Fernandez. And AJ is extremely passionate about this brand because we gave AJ the shot. We gave, you know, and I remind my friend Rafael Nadal all the time, way before anybody else was making cigars with AJ, <laughs> way before Nick was making cigars with AJ or Robert Holt or you name it ones that gave AJ a shot and this is back when AJ had you know five pairs this is back this is way before his Okatal factory this is way before the San Laton farm I mean this brand is is ingrained and weaved into the DNA 
of everything that AJ produces. And, and I couldn't be more happy about it. No, it's, um, and I think one thing that's really important, um, and we hear a lot of people saying, hey, they go down and they blend with so-and-so or they blend with AJ. I, I mean, Justin, I, I know I've kidded you on a couple of things, but I, I can tell you there's a lot of people in the industry who have told me straight out, um, you probably have AJ's ear more than anybody. So talk about your relationship with AJ, because obviously you're a guy who comes in here a few years ago and, you know, you're giving Diesel. Now you have to work with AJ. How does he give you a seat at the table is my question. Yeah. So I so I was very fortunate in my in my former life uh, with Lou Rodriguez Cigars. So Lou's uncle, Gregorio Vasquez, uh, used to work with with AJ mm-hmm. and their factory. Uh, Gregorio's factory was G&G Cigars, which is now GP Cigars and Family in Esteli. So I, back in 2009, I was introduced to AJ, which was, you know, again, it's funny how things come full, full circle. I didn't know who AJ was, nor did I really give a shit who AJ was at that point. I just, you know, young, naive, had no idea. I knew who Nestor Placencia Sr. was when I got introduced to him, you know, and, and, and so I met AJ and throughout the course of my six, six years with, with, with Lou, and, and my time in Nicaragua, I was able to develop a relationship with AJ. We were constantly doing like, you know, some of AJ, AJ hates when I say this, but, but, you know, we were producing some of AJ cigars in our factory. Uh, there, there was a lot of entanglement there and, and dinners with AJ and, and hanging out with AJ really developed this, this friendship, right. And this, this admiration on my end uh, to him. And so when, when Lou and I parted ways and I went to work for, for STG, one of the first brands that I worked on was Michael Giannini's Foundry uh, Cigars, oh, yeah. Foundry Tobacco Company. And one of the first releases that I was working on with Michael was a cigar called Time Flies. That's right. That's right. Well, and Time Flies was produced by AJ Fernandez. So when I went down to the factory... I got to see my my friend that, I, you know, this was 2016. So I hadn't seen AJ since probably at that point since 2014. So it'd been two years. We reconnected. And so so the, the thing for me, it wasn't like, hey, Justin, you take over Diesel. Let's go introduce you to AJ. Right. I had a history with AJ. I'd known him since 2009. We developed a relationship. So. For me, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was second nature. It was, it was reacquainting with, with an old friend. Now, to the second part of your question, I can tell you right now, someone, and I, and I do feel that AJ would, would back me up on this. I, I feel as close to AJ as, as, you know, any of my dearest friends in the industry are out. You don't tell AJ what to do. There, there's no whole <laughs> That AJ is, is you know, a- AJ, to his credit, is stubborn. He's, he's passionate. He has all the qualities that any person of his stature and that it has achieved his level of success has. But when, when I do these shows and when I do these interviews, I tell people, I, you know, I've been mistaken for, you know, oh, I've had people call me a master blender and all these things. And I go, no, I'm a cigar whisperer. So. <laughs> As I whisper to AJ, I go, "Hey, what if uh, what if we use a little Matafina? What if we, you know, instead of Pennsylvania broadleaf, what if we use Connecticut broadleaf?" And and so my job and and what I've been successful at over the last few years 
is is kind of bringing AJ into a to a different a different profile, uh, and and AJ's very determined and understands what his tobacco is capable of and kind of the profile that it should achieve. That being said, I think I don't think many people would disagree with me that when you smoke a whiskey robe, it doesn't have a signature AJ Fernandez profile, right? It doesn't have that immediate depth of of flavor and that density of smoke. Like it's, it's, it's very middle of the road compared to a lot of the other AJ cigars. Same thing with some of our limited. So, so AJ and I, sometimes we fight like brothers and, and other times we get along just fine. Um, and, and I see AJ more than most. Um, and we spend time together more than most, but that being said, I always get a good, good little laugh when people, uh, proclaim that they have somehow told AJ, how to blend the cigars that come out of his factory because uh, I, I've yet to accomplish that feat. Yeah. You know, your whispering days, Justin, I remember back at the Lou Rod days. So if folks don't remember Lou Rod, Lou Rod, and I don't think I'm speaking out of term here, box press Maduros. Like if Lou can make a whole portfolio of box press Maduros, he, he would do that. And I remember you starting to kind of try to get Lou out of that zone. And then you came out with that jawbreaker, that, that large ring gauge and stuff like that rounded. So I've seen you do that before. It's not like you haven't done that before. Well, I've been, I've been fortunate because, uh, you know, obviously I'm passionate about what I'm doing. Otherwise, I wouldn't have devoted the majority of my adult life to it. But thankfully, and I, I don't know how it happens, but, but apparently I, perhaps I should have been an attorney. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm able to kind of convince people. And, and you're right. The first couple of years with Lou Rod, everything was box press. And then we came out with the double nickel, which was, you know, around five and a half by 55 cigar that we had to get molds made for. And then we did the, the you know, the Lou Rod, which was a six by 60. And then we did the snub nose. So, again, Lou, very similar to AJ, which I think, you know, again, helped me understand how to deal with a very passionate, determined mm -hmm. Cuban cigar yeah. maker. Yeah, exactly. So I was, I was, uh, I, I was getting trained, and I didn't even know it. And so I would constantly kind of <laughs> present things to Lou, and I would work with the factory behind his back to go, "Hey, let's work with this tobacco. Let's do this." Like I'm the one that's been down here for the last 45 days. Let's do this, and then Lou would go, oh, "You know, this is uh, this is not so bad." So. Uh, and that's, that's, that's indicative of my relationship with AJ is that a lot of times, thankfully there's people in AJ's factory and, and I won't rack them out, uh, that want <laughs> me to, to, to do some things and, and present it to AJ in a way, uh, that, that I've been fortunate enough that he's come around and, and, and kind of said, Hey, this is, this is different from what I would do, but this is, uh, something that we can, we can, we can try. And so I've, I've been very, very blessed in, the, in that aspect. So there's one thing about like, all right, you know, you're whispering to him on the blends right now in terms of the branding, that's, that's more your call, right? So is there any time AJ, you, you told AJ, this is what you're going to do with this blend. And he's kind of looked at you and said, you, this is going to be what? Like Sunday gravy. <laughs> Have you gotten anything like that? Oh my God. Coop, you, you can only imagine. There's been, uh... <laughs> so constantly, we constantly go back. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the gringo trying to do all this, you know, insane stuff. And, and he's the stubborn Cuban that I'm constantly trying to, to, to bring over. And yes, I, I can tell you that as Sunday, it was a very 
long conversation, very long <laughs> conversation. And, and I, I thank God that I was out of the country when he found out what the SRP was for the cigar. Because AJ is not a fan of selling a cigar for five dollars. Oh, I know that. that. Is, I've heard that in the is, past because of things he sold. Yes, is is insane. <laughs> and so to, I had to lock him down on production. Uh, you know, for for the time that we we have it, because otherwise, uh, once he found out the price, he'd have been like, "This is great. Like, what are you what are you doing?" So no. So we've had we've had some very interesting conversations. But I will say a, a testament. To my boy Abdel, he's a little more open-minded on the branding side than I thought, right? So, like when Michael was down there with the skulls and the bracelets, and he's like, AJ, I want to put a skull on the band, and we're gonna call it Time Flies, and I'm gonna have quotes. I was sitting there going, Oh my god, this will never fucking work. Like, this is just a disaster. <laughs> and AJ was like, Oh, I see, I get it. And <laughs> another thing is, you know, he works, he works with guys like Matt Booth. And Robert Caldwell, and and you got to be pretty open minded to to work with those guys. So he, I, I think it's a testament to him that uh, he he kind of understands that here in the U.S. our branding a lot of times we we have to be a little crazy, and so he's he's been he's been very supportive, except on some of the price points, and that's when I get the WhatsApp that's like, oh, uh, come on, <laughs> well, you know what are, what are we doing? <laughs> Oh boy, so, you know it's interesting because uh, I could see like I, I could see maybe AJ buying into the Elixir series, right? Because there is some roots with those going back, you know. Because there's a, a lot of those Elixir brands, like uh, I believe the Crucible, oh. and I know the Heritage Dog yes. were, were, were older brands. So I could see that part, like that might have been easier to re-release those. But now you've done some of these different things, which I think is, you know, definitely uh, not something you would think of as an AJ Fernandez uh, thing. No, you're right. He he loved the idea of of making a new crucible at a higher price point. He loved the idea <laughs> of making a new hair of the dog at a higher price point. Loved it. That was easy. The when I start to sweat and when I when I have to, you know, when I bring the bottle of rum, and that's when it's things like, you know, uh Sunday gravy and, and things like that. That's when it that's when it gets a little uh, a little more complicated, but, uh, but man, I mean, obviously you guys have, have heard me talk about this before. I, 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 I can't imagine working with someone else. Like I've been so fortunate and, and for me as a tobacco guy and, and as a, as a cigar nerd and a fan, like it's this, these last 10 years with AJ have been, have been unbelievable. So it's, I, I'm, I'm really fortunate. And, and obviously the brands that, that, that we've worked on, uh, have 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 been fortunate, and then obviously the stuff he's doing with other brands as well. I mean, you you see it, whether it's the stuff Nadal's doing, whether it's the stuff that Booth is doing, or or, or I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And we're all fortunate, and and AJ keeps hitting home runs. It's just it's unbelievable. Yep, yep. We talked about Sunday gravy, okay. Um, and I think we got a little emphasis. You guys were looking to introduce a a cigar at a lower price point. Um, but you kind of opted to go this limited route with Sunday gravy, the Sunday gravy series. Why do it as a limited, uh, as opposed to maybe having that everyday cigar for that people just keep going back to and getting? Well, uh, good question. So, so the thing is, uh, <laughs> there, there's not really a $5, 
to be specific, a $4.99 A.J. Fernandez long filler cigar on the market, right? So that, so basically being down there at the factory and I was fortunate, it took a long time and, and it was great that, you know, I have a place down there now. So I, so I was, you know, I, I was hammering him every day for a long time. And basically AJ made an agreement with me. He's like, listen, we can, we can do this, but I only have so much tobacco that, that we can procure and, and that we have here at our factory that we can meet the profile that you're looking for, for all these consecutive series. Right. So, so there's a couple different uh, uh, viewpoints to this. My, my goal originally was not to create an everyday lower price cigar because we have that at SDG, right? You've got brands like Chill and Moose. You've got yeah. the Odyssey brands. You've got, you know, the Punch Knuckle Buster that just get the, the new Maduro and the Habano, right? So right. my thought, and again, it, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. But my thought was every time I go into a cigar shop, I always get questioned by retailers and customers. What's new from Diesel? What's new? What's new? And I've heard guys like Saka. I've heard guys like Sk every, we all get the same questions. What's new? What's new? What's new? Hey, this new thing, this, you know, this new Sober Mesa just came out. This new, you know, LY Wednesday just came out. What's new? What's new? So my thought was, how can I create something that could continually answer that question that would be a pop in the marketplace, but that a retailer could be excited to go, hey, I'm going to be receiving this, this, this new product, you know, what, what is it? Maybe it's once a, twice a year, three times a year. And then that's where I fell on the quarterly release kind of program. And, and, and this isn't uncommon. I mean, guys like, like uh, Andre Farkas at Viaje has done this before where the, these guys get their shipments at certain times. So my thought was I'm going to create this series to where every quarter a different size and a different blend comes out produced by AJ. And so it was never intended to be this long-term, long-standing, hey, every day I go into the shop and I can get this guy, this cigar for $5. That was not the that was not the key. And again, if you go all the way back to our earlier conversation, Diesel, one of the things Diesel's been known for is like unexpected stuff, right? Crazy things. And it's kind of like it's this brand that can switch from like super premium to like every day. To gimmicky, fun, like diesel sideshow sampler stuff, diesel wicked to like very high end uh, uh, tobacco forward, Esteli Puro, diesel delirium. And so that was my goal. My goal was to like try to check off a couple boxes. Uh, you can get 10 cigars for 50 bucks, which is amazing. A retailer can answer that question about what's new, what's new. And then also it'll keep diesel top of mind. And as you can tell by the number of press releases we've had recently, it, it's keeping diesel top of mind. So, so I'm excited. I, and again, I want it, you know, I don't want it. I, I want some people miss out. right? So like the, the 556 Rosa Marino, if you didn't grab it, it's gone. You know, the Gabagool that's coming out, the four and a quarter by 54, like there's, there's, it, it's not meant to be this thing to where every day it's your reliable cigar you got to seek this stuff out. You got to want it. You got to collect it. And, and I think we've accomplished that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it definitely, I think you made a good point about keeping diesel fresh in the minds by doing that. Um, that's a good point. And, on also, that. and also I wanted to fuck with hardcore attacks that are like, it's gravy or no, it's sauce or blah, 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 blah. blah Cause I've said no dog in the fight. 
So I knew, like, I had never imagined how much passion would be coming into this debate. You, you won't believe the amount of hate mail I get. It's like, it's sauce. It's sauce. You don't know what you're doing. And God, <laughs> it's a sauce. It's not gravy. So I also like to fuck with people, too, Coop, as you know. So it, it, uh, It's interesting because I, I, you know, I grew up in New York, and uh, then I lived in Philadelphia, and it's, that debate is, like, rampant up there. Now, I, I've always been on the gravy camp. Um, but I've been, but everyone will tell me how wrong I am when I say, you know, gravy, but that's what we called it. It's uh, sauce. Yeah, I know you're going to say sauce. I knew <laughs> you're going to say. I also knew that Aaron, Aaron, Aaron was on the sauce side, yeah, which is exactly, exactly I knew, why I knew, I knew that. Yeah. So I'm smoking, I'm smoking the, let me see, let me do a booth here. Let me do a product placement. So I'm smoking the, uh, the Rosa Marino right now. And I'm telling you, the bottom line, and, and Coop, you, I think you were part of one of my Facebook discussions with our friend who will remain unnamed, uh, who, was, you know, who was basically blaming me for the demise of our, our industry. But like, my point was, like, look at this cigar. This thing is cool to the touch. The flavor's great. It's long filler, and it's five fucking dollars. Like, you can't beat it. You really can't. And I'm all for, I, I smoke high and stuff. I got a Cohiba Ethereum that I made here, too. But like the bottom line is whether it's sauce, whether it's gravy, whether it's gabagool or, or porcelino or grappa, whatever. The point is what like what like as, as a fan of cigars and as a cigar smoker, why would you not want manufacturers constantly trying to figure out how to give you the best bang for your buck? And that's what this is. I'll say this, Justin. Um, I've gone into a few cigar stores. I've been getting back into cigar stores now. That the pandemic's over. Uh, the stores that are carrying this, they tell me two things. They sell them and their customers like them. So, I mean, those are the two things that what you can't. It doesn't matter what Aaron or I think, um, right, of, about the cigar. We, we, could, we could say what we want. But those two things, I'm hearing re, multiple retailers have said that to me. So, that's. It mat- you know, it, 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 it matters. And, and yeah. we, you know, again, I, <laughs> trust me, I've got stuff that I love and that I made that didn't sell. I've got sizes that I love and blends that I love that I know won't sell. And ultimately, the judgment is at the register. Right? And these things sell out. People love them. And again, I, you know, I, I get fired up and I get passionate. But like, I'm passionate for our industry. I'm passionate for our category. I'm passionate for people that work hard for their money, right? And that come in and then maybe they can't buy a $26 Cohiba Sirium. Maybe they can't buy a $15, you name it. And so for me, I love the fact that I was able to make a cigar with AJ that somebody could buy for $5. And don't even get me started. And that's prior to like the inflation crisis and, and the gas prices and things like that. So I think it's, I think sometimes we, you know, we, 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 we sniff our own farts here and we think we're, you know, we're, we're doing all this amazing shit. And ultimately there's some guy out there that's busting his ass every day and wants to be able to enjoy a premium cigar and not have to spend 20 bucks on it. Yeah, I mean, especially, you know, this year is going to be a very interesting year with inflation and how people's buying patterns are, are going to go. Because I think um, for sure, if you have some lower price cigars, um, it you know, inflation could affect discretionary income. So I think... I mean, uh, if, if, 
if we were all Aaron Loomis, we could we could smoke Padron 40th anniversaries right. every day right. and 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 smoke, you know, Sokka's unicorn. But unfortunately, none of us not all of us are like that. So <laughs> we gotta find you gotta mix it up a little bit, is what I'm saying. Hey, mm-hmm. I, I did I, I felt a little Italian though when I when I talked about these names, but you can uh <laughs> You can you can yeah. tell a southerner came up with uh, with the names there because I've been criticized on some well, of these well, two. Well, my wife some were not. <laughs> my wife who does the editing looked at the gobble ghoul thing and she's like, you know, he spelled it wrong. It's not really spelled like that. I'm like, I said, I know it's, it's not because <laughs> you know it's. it's a... <laughs> but uh, trust me, trust me. And she's I, I all and she's like 100 percent Italian. My wife, so I mean that's that's uh, she's Italian through and through, yeah. No, I got the I got the same thing, and and looking back, I should have uh, I should have probably consulted uh, with some <laughs> some real Italians there because between between AJ's broken English and my broken Spanish and and this and that we uh, we you know but uh, but again uh, you know in the South we don't even know how to spell Gabagool. No, so. no, that's what I explained. I said I said no, he's he's from the he's from our area. I said <laughs> I said you know that they don't that they don't know how to spell it so. <laughs> yeah all right so you know the other thing that you have done i'm seeing more and more of you doing this now is you seem to love trilogies right so you did the elixir trilogy right the taa is going to have a trilogy from if, if i'm reading that if i read that right and now you have this new trilogy uh the full the full uh trilogy so what why is Aaron, what, yeah. yeah the fool's errand what is it with trilogies justin What's the, what is this with you in trilogies? Well, let's see. How much bourbon do I have left here? Uh, <laughs> I can, I can, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having an internal debate with, my, debate with myself on how, how honest I want to be with you here. As I up my, uh, my fool's errand here, by the way. So I'll tell you a couple things. Uh, first off, it's uh, so when when uh, when when this brand was was forcefully pushed upon me, which I'm so thankful for now, uh, <laughs> I was I, I, I was apprehensive. Right. Because of all the things we talked about before. So right. uh, you can argue whether it was white or not. I basically leveraged myself and I said, listen, if I'm going to do this. I want full control. I want to be able to design the packaging i want to be able to have final say on on the cigar i want to be able to develop the you know all of our strategies everything right and so i was extremely surprised when stg came back and said fine go ahead and 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 i was super pumped until one of my co-workers ed layman said bro this is uh this is either your wedding or your funeral. I don't know. They just gave you enough rope to hang yourself, right? Like you're, uh, you're, you're, you're trying to take barrels from Louisville, Kentucky and send them to AJ's factory in Nicaragua. And then you're going to age the tobacco in these barrels. And then you're building a bar and then you're going to have one here. You're going to create lighters with these barrels. Like what the fuck are you doing? So anyway, my thought, I, I've always, I've always liked to control my own destiny. Right. And so, so I, I was very adamant that, I, you know, I wanted to operate this as if I own diesel, like as a boutique guy, as someone who came from owning my own company, that's what I was comfortable with. That said, I really throw out a lot of kind of out of the box, crazy shit that 
people within our organization, you know, had never seen before. Thankfully, my boss, Chris Tarr, is like, look, if I think it's stupid, it's probably going to work because somehow Justin's been able to make this shit work. So that being said, I fell to this pattern of, well, if one's good, then three must be even better. And I like the idea of creating patterns, right? It's just the way, it's just the way my brain works. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like a lot of the brands that I grew up loving and, and, and smoking, there were always more than one option. Right. There was and, and and I can get down this path of like a marketing thing, but it all it all comes back to tobacco. Right. So for me, my favorite thing was to smoke a cigar. I had a Habano wrapper. And then a year or two later, that brand came out with a San Andrean Mexican wrapper or it came out with an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. So for me, I love being able to go into a, a cigar store and go, hey, this this, you know, Ecuadorian Habano was great. But now they just released this Ecuadorian Sumatra. So you'll notice who in my trilogies, the tobacco always changes. Yeah. And that's, and that that was my that was my point. That was my level. Like, yeah, the box changes, the name change, like what like, you know, we went from hair of the dog to delirium to crucible. But if you look at that, if you if you put those three boxes together, there the the tobacco changed every year. And for me, and especially like my generation. You know, it, we're always looking for variety and we're looking for for different flavors. And so that that's the that's the, the crux of it right there is that the reason my shit normally comes out in threes and will continue to come out in threes is because I'm constantly looking and trying to incorporate new tobacco that highlights, you know, different regions, different farms. And 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 that's, you know, the basis of it. Now, STG likes it because I can go in and say, hey. Here's what I'm doing the next three years. Here's here's kind of the 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 process here. But for me, it's all about the tobacco. That explains it. All right, we talked a lot about diesel. Now there's another project that you uh, that's been recently released, and this one I would say this is a project you didn't do with AJ, um, and you didn't do it under diesel, uh, but it was it was resurrecting the Boulevard brand. Um, and you ended up going uh, to work with Robert Caldwell on this one. Now, and that was kind of a very unusual release to see Robert kind of tie himself with a, you know, Bolivar is a classic Cuban brand that, go, that has a lot of history with it. How did this project all come about to, to kind of do this with Bolivar? Yeah, so uh, it's a good question. I know you and me had some spirit debate on if it actually was a, you know, a lost and found type of, type of project. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love I, yeah, I love I love getting you worked up. And if I, if I call my first collaboration with our good friend Eric Espinosa and, and, and Hector Alfonso and Jack Toronto. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's true. There, there was a little debate. There was a little debate about that as well. So yeah, there was there was. Um, and I should I should have mentioned that was actually one you did before this one. Yes. The uh, we're, and we're, t- we're talking about uh, the war zone. So long story short. Um, and again, I always try to because, again, it's not about me. Right. And I and, and I always try to say these things and I hope I don't come off as, as like this arrogant, like, oh, it's me kind of thing. But I was I was very fortunate given my my history. Right. And my my access to getting in this industry at a very early age and being with someone like Lou that would say, hey, I'm sending you to Nicaragua for 30 days. 
Like right. that, that I, I, I had access to stuff that I didn't realize would propel me and my knowledge and my career 10, 15 years down the road. Now, that being said, I, I basically went to SCG and said, listen, here's kind of what I'm thinking of, of things that we can do to highlight our tobacco, right? Because you guys, I mean, let's all be real here. Every, we, we know the perception. Uh, you know, Macanudo is a cigar for guys that, that, you know, don't smoke cigars. Or back in the day, oh, Cohiba's a cigar for guys that have more money than, than since. And all these things, right? And coming from the outside, I, I was aware of all these things. Or like, you know, who smokes punch or who smokes Partagas? Meanwhile, there's a lot of people smoking punch and Partagas, trust me. Uh, uh, and so, so I, I, I went to Regis, who at the time was my boss, and I said, listen, I really want to go work with other factories and I want to bring them in to our factories and give them access to tobacco that otherwise they wouldn't, they wouldn't know. And, and look, and Coop, you know, I'm friends with all these guys. I make cigars with them. A lot of these guys have been making chicken salad out of chicken shit for a long time. Yeah. And, and, and they do some great stuff. And I'm the biggest fan of all of them. But bringing people into our factory like Espinosa and going, hey, we have, we have Cameroon tobacco, like authentic Cameroon from the Marifelds from Africa. Have you? And, and, and Eric's like, bro, I've never made a cigar with Cameroon before. Bringing people in and going, hey, nobody can get Connecticut Broadleaf right now. Guess what? I've got a whole warehouse of, of Connecticut Broadleaf. You know, Brazilian Matafina, Aripadaca, you know, you name it. And so I had this thought, this crazy thought of like, I want to really, because as much as people like criticize me and things like that, like I'm a big fan of, of, of a high tide raises all boats, right? What's, what's good for, for these guys is good for me. Like the more people we can get smoking cigars, the better we all are. And, and that, was my, that was the driving force behind this kind of initiative that I pitched. And, 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 and they bought into it. And they basically said, hey, we're, and, and I told these guys, I said, look, sometimes the cigar is going to be made at this other person's factory, but they're using our tobacco. Sometimes the cigar is going to be made at our factory and we're using all of our tobacco. Sometimes our sales force will sell the cigars. Sometimes theirs will. And so I created this plan. And obviously, Espinosa was the first one that we worked with, with Warzone. And, and, we, and, and then you had, secondly, we had, you know, El Titan, the bronze with the Cohiba, yep. which was, you know, but they were, they were right at the top of my list. And, and, and same thing with Caldwell. Obviously, we all live through the Caldwell effect, right? the Eastern standard, the, the blind man's bluff, the king is dead. Like Caldwell was one of the hottest cigar makers on the planet for a really long time. And he had an impact in our industry. And he was one of these guys like Matt Booth, like Eric Espinosa that I really identified and wanted to work with. And so when I, when I, you know, went down to Miami and I met with Robert and Robert didn't know me from a fucking hole in the wall. Robert's, you know, and he's such a polite, nice dude. And, and so we got together and I brought him samples and we started smoking and we're going through the list. And, and dude, he was a big fan of Boulevard. And I was like, let's do it. Let's just do some crazy shit. And it's funny because uh, I had Robert on a Zoom call a, a few weeks ago. We did a big Cigar World thing. And one of the first kind of like mock-ups that Robert sent me was like very classic Boulevard, very traditional. And I'm like, bro, this is not, this is like, this is not what I had in mind. I want like, you know, you 
petting Simone Boulevard and his and his head rolling down the box. You know, like you on the back of a bicycle. Obviously, you know, we're doing, we're doing some crazy shit. So Rob like, bro, I can't tell you how comfortable like how excited I get that because I was like, oh God, I gotta make this this shit for the suits. I gotta make it this <laughs> And so ultimately, the end result is what you saw. There's Robert Caldwell driving his Caldwell Cigars, you know, tricycle. And there's Simone Boulevard hitching a ride in the back. I, and then, I liked it. I liked it, by the way. Yeah, I did like that. Yeah. And so that's how we're like, we're like pushing, you know, kind of kind of pushing the envelope. And then from the tobacco side, I was able to take down to our, our, our Honduran American tobacco factory in Honduras. And we went through and smoked a bunch of stuff and, and came up with a blend. So for me, man, I mean, you know, SCG could look back and go, this was Justin's kind of selfish way to get to go play with all of his friends and do cool shit. But for me, like, who would have expected that from Boulevard? Right? Who, who, would have, who would have imagined that General Cigar would be selling a cigar that has Espinosa's name on it? Who would have thought that General Cigar would be selling a cigar with Simone Boulevard riding on the back of Robert Caldwell's tricycle. I hope you guys are seeing kind of the pattern here, right? Right. They're like, like we're, I, I want to be disruptive. I want to make people literally go, what the fuck is going on? But ultimately, what matters the most is that you get a great cigar and, and you get a great price point. So that's, that's kind of what led, what led to that. You're getting me all worked up, Coop. I'm getting fired. You got my... My, that, my old school Redskins jersey on. You're talking about some. It's a some Washington football team. It's a Washington football team jersey. Ah, okay, okay. Well, as a, <laughs> I wore it for you, a, by the way. As a as a Cherokee Indian from North Carolina, I was I was a proud Redskins fan and Washington football team fan. Yeah. So I'm an Alex Smith fan, and that's why I wear it. So uh, what he went through, but I just you know, I got. She don't Philly's jersey on. Jesus Christ, that that would have been. Well, that I had that on the other night. I had the Phillies jersey. It's bad enough. I gotta look at. Uh, I gotta look at Aaron every like fifteen minutes. You, you and a Phillies jersey on opening day would have just been too much I, for me I, to handle. I, I, I would have wore it today, but they didn't play today. So, uh, uh, speaking of, you got me, man. I had to leave my my Braves uh, Reds game halfway through to come come do this. So I, um, so it, it save, save you the misery. Save, save you, the you the misery. misery. Did yeah. it really? What's yeah. the, uh, what's 6-3. Oh. Oh. So, so oh. that means that means the Cincinnati Reds have taken the world championship from the Atlanta Braves. Oh, <laughs> oh. And we have the first title defense. Oh. Oh. I'm sure but, Joey Vaughn has something to do with it. He's, he's look, about the look, only person on the Reds that's worth a damn these days. You know, Miguel Chodel is in a lot of these baseball threads with us. I mean, you just we just can't root against Miguel. It's hard yep. to root against the Reds because of Miguel. Uh, he's just that type of fan. He's not an in-your-face fan. He's just he loves that team so much, and you, and he's such a good guy that you want to root for Miguel like every time. Oh, I know, I know, Coop, and I and, and I, I trust me. There's no bitterness for me as someone who you know who bounced around a ball for a little bit. I'm I'm not offended at all that I'm not part of the baseball panel there. I you know it's uh, it's nice to see Hector and and Miguel and Bob oh, and, and all those guys. Are you- <laughs> it's because you don't like Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> I, I, will say I, I haven't seen Aaron uh, that much this this uh, this episode. So this oh, it's is- coming. Don't worry. <laughs> it's coming. With the, like, we haven't hit that part yet. <clears throat> that could be in the third segment, but the, the the second and third segment are shorter, so don't worry. Um. All right. So, 
couple you just you mentioned a couple of things though about um you know some of these projects your role changed uh in the last you know year but it was i guess more formalized now that you're you know now you're just not the diesel brand manager you, you have bigger response you have the business development responsibilities so all these projects i guess these fall under what you're doing under this business development thing so it sounds like that yeah. stg is very committed to this uh that they would formalize a role for you on that now yeah, no, no, you're uh, you're you're spot on. I mean, I again, it's at at some point my luck is going to run out. I'm I'm convinced. Knock on wood. But fortunately, the the initiative that that I kind of started with with these collaborations uh, was successful enough that SDG basically was like, listen, this is you know this is a division. Like this is something that uh, that we need to pursue. Um, also, there's a different side of it that that's not as public. You know, as as a cigar uh, manufacturing company with factories in three different countries, we make a lot of cigars for a lot of people. And and it's, you know, whether it's private labels for stores, whether it's contract manufacturing for some of the biggest brands uh, on the planet. And, and I'm fortunate enough to be involved with that very early on as again, as a tobacco guy and as someone who, who spends the majority of my time at our factories. So basically, uh, you know, SCG came to me and said, listen, here's how I see your role. Here, here's where we see, you know, your skill set and, and, and kind of the, the value added here. So, no, so I was, uh, I was again, I'm, I was so humbled uh, to, to, to be a, afforded the opportunity. Um, and, and it was something that I had been doing for quite some time. Um, and, it, and it became official last year. Uh, so basically, yeah, I, I, I still have the brand diesel. That's my, 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 you know, my foot in the kind of commercial uh, branded side. But my, my main responsibility is contract manufacturing, the, the millions upon millions of cigars that we make for other brands in this industry. And then also going out and creating new business with the collaborations like, like the, the War Zone, the Cofredia and the, uh, the Cohiba Syrian. Nice. And there's there's a few more coming. Uh, there's a few more coming in in the next uh, two months that you guys will uh, will be shocked and uh, and pleasantly surprised by. So I'm 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 excited about the future. Good for you. That's good to hear as well that there's more on the horizon. But that's actually going to lead me to the last before we get to the fun stuff. Um, I actually had a question earlier on. <coughs> so STG this year has been on like every week, Justin, I'm, there's something you, there's a lot of product you guys, as I'm talking to STG as a whole, has been introducing into the market since like the first week. I think every week we've gotten an announcement on a new product. Um, it seems like a lot. Um, is that something that we can expect to continue for the rest of the year? Because um, definitely you guys, have, whether it's limited or core line stuff, there's been a lot of announcements this year. Well, I think so. So again, it's, it's part of that is the, the Ford cigar company effect, right? So a lot of these brands that otherwise we didn't pay a whole lot of attention to now that they have a devoted sales force, we're, we're innovating on that. Right. So like, if you take, for example, uh, this, this El Rey de Mundo, you know, for, for 20 years, this was something that we made exclusively for JR, just like the, you know, the Boulevard Cofredia. Yeah brought those brands back and we started to innovate, right? So last year I launched the, the original El Rey de Mundo, which we had the Oscuro and the Ecuadorian Sumatra. 
This year we came out with the uh, with with the El Rey de Mundo Naturals, which is the English market selection. So it's you're right. There, there's more innovation, but there's more innovation because we have brands that otherwise you know were dormant that now we're we're innovating with and doing some cool things. And and you'll see some of the you know we we've got big plans for 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 brands that are familiar, brands like you know Sancho Panza. Uh, a few others that that I won't mention, but yeah. So so our innovation uh, uptick uh, is 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 definitely a, a direct result of of having more attention paid to to some of these other brands now. Got it. Got it. Aaron, anything else on on some of the brand stuff we want to hit with Justin before we kind of get to some of this other stuff? No, I think you hit it all. Okay. All right, Justin. So you know, yeah. But before you before you go, speaking of which, we just released our new Cohiba Siri M, the second edition with L Titan to bronze, which is a six and a quarter by 46. So this is hitting retail shelves uh, this week. So hopefully and again, super limited. Uh, so if you get a chance, if you see one of these things in the wild, make sure you grab it. Uh, I was uh, again, this is year two uh, complete and and. Uh, Utterly uh, just blissful experience working with my guy, Sean Williams, and obviously Sandy and her team down there at El Titan. So just wanted to, to drop that in real quick because it just started shipping uh, in the last few days. Oh, yep. I actually saw someone smoking it today. Yep. So, yep. We saw some, We saw a retailer smoke. It was actually Jay Davis smoking it today. Mm -hmm. So, yep. We have seen it start to hit. All right, Justin. This is our Cattle Baron State question of the night. And actually, I changed this one up on the fly just for you. Uh, All right. So this is related to steak. So it's, it's a two-part question tonight. I want to know first what your favorite cut of steak is. And the second is I want to know what diesel cigar you would pair with that steak. Oh, good question. Um, so I have long been a fan of a good, uh, good bone-in ribeye. Nice. Right? Very good. So yep. my thing is you know, uh, I was fortunate to grow up in a, in a, in a family that, that cooked a lot and, and we had a local butcher and I've, I've always been a big fan of ribeye because of the flavor. Uh, I'm not much of a, you know, like a steak au poivre guy where you get a filet and you add the peppercorn or the, this and the, that, like I, you know, I'm, I'm very much like throw some meat on an open flame and, and get the most out of that. So, so if I have a choice, which, which these days, uh, my time, to, to grill out and do things are, are few and far between, but typically I'll go get a, a hand cut bone in ribeye. And then typically if, if I'm eating something like that, uh, you know, I'm usually drinking bourbon or, or, you know, a bold wine to pair with it. And so I typically match strength with strength. And so for diesel, I would go with, uh, with, with particularly what you're smoking, Coop, like a diesel delivery yep. or a diesel Estelipuro, something full body, right? So like if I, you know, if I was grilling a, a salmon and drinking Chardonnay, maybe I would go with something a little lighter. But to me, you know, a, a, a nice red steak with a, with a big bottle of red wine or, or a nice bourbon, I'm going with a meaty uh, full body cigar. There you go. That's uh, our cattle baron steak question tonight. Good, good pairing. So let's get into what we are smoking tonight. And as always, that's sponsored by Tailored Smoke, located in the heart of downtown Charlotte Epicenter and outside the Charlotte Motor Speedway in North Carolina. Tailored Smoke is your one-stop shop for a tailored smoking experience. So, Aaron, you are smoking the... I'm smoking the Boulevard, uh, Lost yep. and Found yep. EMS. Uh, 
the cigar kind of starts out with um, some oak, uh, some like lightly creamy chalkiness uh, and like a mid-level black pepper to it. Um, and then as the cigar goes along, that uh, black pepper kind of mellows out a little bit more. It's kind of in the background uh, there. Uh, Retrohale is pretty smooth. Um, that The pepper doesn't play a big role there, uh, but you do get a little bit of it. Um, so overall, it's a smooth smoke. Uh, Construction is really good. Um, I'm going to say that Justin didn't have anything to do with this cigar. So Justin, <laughs> tell, tell Robert, tell Robert that good, good work. Um, yeah. 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 So. Yeah, there you go. I, uh, I I I couldn't help but notice that that you did smoke the, you know, one of the few non-diesel cigars that I've made there. So yeah, uh, so yeah. yeah. So that was uh, <laughs> that, that's that's on brand for you there, uh, Aaron, for sure. Yeah. Oh, never a dull moment here, right? All right. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm actually on my second cigar. I just finished the Diesel Crucible, um, and now I'm on the Delirium. I actually want to make a couple of comments on the delirium up front. So this is about this is I think almost two years old. This delirium, right? The it delirium, is. You're right. We came and, we came out with that in 2020. It's still a beast, Justin. It, it is still strong as balls. I mean, this cigar, it has not lost any strength. Is what I'm just telling you. Um, so I mean, I'm just getting into it right now, and it's like I said, it's it's that full strength, full bodied cigar. Um, very much held the strength there. So uh, that I was not expecting that. Um, I just finished the crucible. I think the crucibles aged very nicely, Justin. Um, it's, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty straightforward cigar is what I'll say. Right. And I think with the eight that has one year of age on it about, so I think that's more in the medium range and it, you know, it's, it's delivering notes of wood, earthy, some minerality to it. The spice is kind of tempered. It's, it's not like overpowering. But I think it's aged out very nice. It's turned into a very nice cigar that, that you know, you could pick up any time of the day and smoke, uh, so to speak. I mean, this diesel delirium, I'm glad I smoked this one second. So uh, <laughs> because it's, it's, it's strong. So, I mean, so, um, you know, like I said, I think each of those cigars in the trilogy, you know, Hair of the Dog, Delirium and Crucible, they were, like you said, they were all very different cigars. So I've told people this, uh, you know, for the last two years that the cigar that you're smoking, the delirium, I think, is the the best expression of AJ and I's collaboration. Right. So we came out with Hair of the Dog. And the reason we came out with Hair of the Dog is because we had just launched Whiskey Row. Right. Right. So I had this idea like, hey, if you had a hard night of drinking rabbit hole bourbon and smoking, you know, diesel whiskey row. Maybe you needed something a little bit lighter. And that Hair of the Dog was one of the more milder cigars to ever come out of AJ's factory. Yeah. So the, so the second edition of that trilogy, AJ's like, listen, that was fun. I let you do what you wanted to do. But now we're, 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 we're going to make my cigar. And, and that's where you're getting that strength from. That's where you're getting that, that, that dense, that heavy smoke. Now, one of my favorite things about that cigar is there's an underlying sweetness mm-hmm. to it that really yep. balances out. Because, again, if you, if, you, if you were to smoke that cigar without any of that sweetness, I mean, man, it's just – it's tough. And yep. it's, every third is, 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 you know, punch you in the mouth. And so that cigar has a really good transition. You're about to actually get into it. The, the sweetness of that cigar doesn't really start to kick in until yep. about the second third there. And so, and I told Bear Duplissy this on his show when he gave that one of his top 10 cigars of the year. It is absolutely like one of my Desert Island cigars. I take that cigar everywhere with me. 
And I think it's a great, to, you know, to, whether it's wine, whether it's bourbon, like you think about what is the best that can come out of this, 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 this house. And to me, that that symbolizes and and manifested itself into something that that age that represents both of us. And I absolutely love that cigar. So I'm happy that you're uh, that that you're smoking it. The Crucible, on the other hand, was tweaked down a little bit. It has a little more of that dryness, a yeah. little more of that earthy. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, yep. There's not as there's not as much of that that Nicaraguan pepper that causes the saliva. It's, it's right. definitely better. It's more of what I would say is a, a traditional uh, Nicaraguan cigar. That, but our goal was that hopefully as that cigar continues to age, uh, the complexity would develop a little bit more. But, but the two are very, very different, very yeah. polar opposites. I agree. And I agree that that Crucible definitely has developed a little more complexity than when I first smoked it, um, for sure, tonight. And even distracted and doing the interview, I'm like, this is definitely smoking more complex. Like I said, this, this delirium... Uh, it's definitely the, the strongest cigar that you guys have blended uh, in this in, in, on the diesel since you've taken it over. It, it it absolutely is. It is the strongest uh, blend uh, that 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 we have we have come yeah. to market with. Yeah. Um. And and it's funny because with the Crucible, much like the Delirium, the self reps and read like you either love it or you hate it, which I which I find great because you know we I had guys that chain smoked the Crucible. They absolutely love it. I have other guys that are like, man, this, like, you really took a step back. The delirium was so great and the crucible is just kind of what, I, you know, so I love, I love that, that we're appealing to different people there with those, with those profiles. Yeah. And again, I, you know, if you make a cigar that everybody likes all the time, you're not going to make a cigar that anybody loves. Mm -hmm. And so to make a cigar that somebody absolutely loves, and I absolutely love that cigar, it's, it's gotta be a little different. And, and maybe your, your pool is a little smaller. Um, but the people that like that cigar love it, and and I'm very proud of that cigar. Except Aaron. Except Aaron. I think Aaron's <laughs> 82. No, you don't. You know how our scoring works. We're, 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 we're gonna get into that. Don't worry. We're gonna have a discussion. 4.65. Yeah, then I, you got it. I think you nailed it dead on. <laughs> if it wasn't for my boy Seth, I don't. I don't think I'd. I'd, I'd have anything above a four. Well, John. John's. A bit of a diesel guy too he's canadian diesel he has to be north. nice <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all right. right all right so i'm gonna do uh a couple of sponsor rounds like i said justin these next two segments are a lot shorter so don't fear you're gonna be until two in the morning it's not gonna be the case all right uh let me mention jre tobacco the authentic corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there during the golden age of the size of cuba it's a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars of course, it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate. It fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamasran Valley of Honduras, Julio Arro took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and Husto bring their very own brand to market, each containing the authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in 100% authentic Corojo Puro, San Andreas Maduro, Ecuadorian Connecticut Shade, Honduran-grown Cameroon, or Honduran-grown Abano, representing the Golden Age of Scars from 1947 to 1961. Now available in your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And by Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, we take pride in the fact that we are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you will find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. 
Plus, we have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from many famous international cigar makers like Padron, Avo, CLE, Drew Estate, Fuente, and many more. They have the best selection, the best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. But don't just take our word for it. Forbes Magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar is voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Smoke Magazine. Cigar Aficionado wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest, best stock cigar shops in America. Place an order online at www.coronacigar.com or visit one of Corona's four central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And I want to mention Alec Bradley. Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Visit alecbradley.com to find out more about their cigars. Live true. So we're going to get into our Alec Bradley Live True segment here. And these are, Justin, these are some random questions that are not cigar related. Uh, so these are some more softballs you're going to have before the hard stuff comes. Oh, thank God. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm sweating over here. All right. So, um, and I actually, I actually tailored a couple of these for you personally. Okay. Some of these are, are ones that we've used with other people. And some of these are, are, are for you. Specific. There's a couple for you specifically. All right. The first thing is a topping on pizza you like besides cheese. Uh, pepperoni. Yeah, everyone says pepperoni. It's it's been the universe. The right answer. It's yeah. It's it's. <laughs> I'm a sausage guy, but okay, I I, I get it. <clears throat> All right, your favorite color, Justin. Uh, blue. Okay. You haven't done a blue cigar band yet, have you? We did the uh, we did the diesel grind, but I but I oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that as one. Yeah. A, as a as an East Carolina pirate, I, I I I the the evidence would would speak otherwise that I'm a big fan of purple. So, but most <laughs> yeah. of my wardrobe these days are East Carolina purple. So there you go, there you go. Who's coaching East Carolina football now? Uh, we got Mike Houston. Uh, so he won a national championship at JMU. Uh, D2 guy so we hopefully he'll he'll bring us back to uh top 25 glory it's been uh it's been a tough uh tough you know six seven years now after after rough and mcneil and uh yeah. are you know being ranked so yeah so but we're still uh you know win or lose we still booze that's uh that's the pirate model <laughs> all right a pet that you would have or want to have besides a dog or a cat Oh Jesus Christ, my dude! My girlfriend sends me stuff. I apparently am getting a duck at some point. <laughs> the by the amount of Instagram videos that I get from little ducks and raccoons, like chilling in the bed watching movies and eating popcorn. So I, so I've I've been actively saying no ducks, no raccoons, and my girlfriend goes. I hate to tell you, but uh, you travel a lot and you're not here that often. So you're probably going to get a duck or a raccoon. So if, 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 if you have me on your show next year, I, I might be bringing a pet duck here at some point. So maybe, a diesel, either, maybe, maybe we'll have a diesel yeah. cigar named after it. You never know. <laughs> Good Lord. Good Lord. I'm telling you. It's, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm a dog guy. So I'd be happy with a dog. But, uh, but apparently, you know. I'm getting something that animal control could get called on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand. <laughs> All right. True or false? You have played hooky from school. True. Did you get caught? Uh, 
look, it's like the old saying goes, be good or be good at it. And I was good at it. So <laughs> there you go. That's the key thing, right? All right. This one's for you. This is a specific one for you now. If there's a major league baseball team that, that you would play for today, and that's the key word today, which would it be? Like you, you, you're going to get a chance to play for any team in the major leagues, which today at this moment, which team would you want to play for? To, uh, to, to much to uh, my, uh, my Southeast regional sales manager, Nick Nanzuati, I would, uh, I would definitely pick uh, his Atlanta Braves. Uh, as, as you know, I had a cup of coffee with the Marlins. And so we had a, we had a pretty, uh, pretty bitter divorce there. Um, so yeah, as, a, as, as a lifelong Braves fan, I would, uh, I would love to, to, to wear that uniform. So that's, that is, uh, everyone, this is me. This is Justin making also nice with Ben Lee. Mm-hmm. This is, that was clearly the, you just after like Ben Lee's listening. Yeah. Yeah. After you killed Balmoral. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's anything I can do to uh, to make up to uh, for, for Ben's misconception on on uh, end of that brand, but uh, we've we've gotten so so visceral in our comments that I've even had some some higher ups in SCG go, "Who is this Ben Lee guy? And why does he hate you so much?" <laughs> and they didn't say that about Aaron, by the way. They said it no, about they, they don't know who I am. Aaron, Aaron is Aaron is much more uh, and and passive aggressive. Yeah. Ben is straight to the point when it's like, <laughs> join us tonight, Thursday, April seventh, for you know Cigar Coop and Justin Andrews. And Ben's like, fuck Justin Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, yeah. And and I still I will say this, much like I told you, Aaron at TPE, one of my favorite things in this world is when I get a text from Ben Lee smoking a, a Balmoral, Connecticut with a cup of coffee in the morning, yep. and the pitcher comes in, it literally just says, fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, I got to know Ben, right? And and Ben, like I said, that was Ben's, like, I had to be, like, his all-time favorite cigar, at least since I've known him, right? And when I had to tell him, and I, say, I think I was the one who told him about it, he, I, I, said, I said, you may want to check this out, Ben. He's like, Fuck no! He's like, and he, and he oh. immediately blamed you. He immediately blamed oh you. I know, I know. I mean, just blame me from day one. And I was like, if only we had a million more people that were as passionate about this brand yep. as you were. And I was like, dude, all I, like, I, I just, well, it was my mistake again, as my boss would tell me, as a, as a millennial, and, you know, posting everything. I was, I was down at the Balmoral. Uh, uh, in San Pedro and I was part of like our mergers and acquisitions team and I'm going through and I'm posting stuff and uh, I got a DM from Ben and he goes you better not fuck this brand up <laughs> I'm from day one, one. And, uh, and I was like oh don't worry brother I got you you know <laughs> there's some great things it's going to be amazing and and man, when I tell you when when you know obviously what happened happened and and things, I was like, "Oh my God, here it goes!" Like I, you know, I, oh, I, and I'm telling you, he won't. I mean, there's hashtags out there. Uh, <laughs> killed Balmoral, you know, <laughs> you know, tobacco from tomato. I mean, just you oh, name it. Oh and he, uh, it is, it is brutal. But I love it. It, it, it. He doesn't. Really, it gives me an extra little pep in my step that day when I when I when I wake up and I and I have a a, a good uh, fu from uh, from Ben Lee. 
Oh boy. <laughs> I hope I, I think uh, uh, my rep Jonathan Heron told me I broke the record for f bombs this show, and as a <laughs> as a good as a good Southern boy, I usually you know. I, I, I'm we we are not under FCC regulation here, so <laughs> so you you could do what you want, I, but you might have right. <laughs> All right. A lesson that you learned from Lou Rodriguez. Mm. Can't go without mentioning uh, Lou what you want to show, Justin, because there's a lot of history. You know. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm so sure. I'm I'm absolutely positive that there's a better example than what I'm about to say. Okay. A hundred percent. But it, it's the first thing that popped into my mind when you said it. And I I, I learned so much from Lou. Now imagine. You know, I'm, I'm someone that started college later in life because of my, you know, my my little stint playing baseball. And and so I'm a, you know, I'm a 24 year old college graduate and I'm with this guy who's driving, you know, Porsche 911s and, and you know, he's got a two million dollar house and the ponytail. He's, you know, he has a car factory and all. And I'm just I'm just sitting there. This is everything that I, you know, I aspire to be at one day. And uh, I'm not, uh, I know this will be shocking, Aaron. But but I was not a wine drinker at the time, right? I was uh, I was a good old Natty Light, uh, you know, uh, 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 Burnett's vodka, all the stuff that you drank in college, and uh, and so Lou, when one of my first uh, times I was invited to his house to have dinner, he had this you know amazing wine and all these things, and I was like, ah, oh, no thanks, you know, and he's like, listen, you can't be a cigar guy and and not understand wine and understand this so so lou took me through this whole you know it was like an apprenticeship on the difference between the cabernet from from napa versus sonoma county and all this all this stuff so anyway saying lou told me something very very important he said always buy two bottles of wine and i was like well why why is that he said because you're going to drink the first one and then you're going to get a DUI going to the store to get the second one. He said, so when in doubt, when in doubt, young Padawan, always buy two bottles of wine. There you go. And, there you go. And, 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 and like I said, I'm sure there's a better example, but, uh, but that's something that has stuck with me to this day. So whenever I'm at the, uh, the wine shop or I'm somewhere, I'll buy two bottles of wine. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, a binge uh, show, television show you watch? Well, you know, I, I think during COVID, you know, we 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 watched all Netflix. You know, it's uh, it was it was so I had, uh, I had uh, let's see during that like I binge watch uh, me and a buddy of mine who's actually here right now, uh, by the way, uh, one of East Carolina's finest professors, uh, also a cigar smoker. Unfortunately. He's in love with the floor Dominicana. That's that's a whole nother conversation. But but either way, when when King came out during COVID, me and and him and and a few other people with a couple of bottles of bourbon binge watched all of season one of Tiger King, uh, in 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 one day. Now, if you ask me, recently I've been really obsessed with the uh, the Showtime series on hbo about the lakers it's the great. showtime lakers it's fantastic it's been, it's, great it's been absolutely phenomenal uh, so I'm that's uh that's that's been my my recent and then i you know before that <clears throat> excuse me uh, is, is is a big thing i mean you give me uh look i'm getting so excited to knock my ipad over you uh you you give me kevin costner in a cowboy hat and i'm sold 
that's uh that's the recipe for a for a good damn show right there so yeah. so so yellowstone was probably my most recent binge i like yellowstone i did like yellowstone i have been uh, why I'm, I'm only one through one season now the, the the only thing that was concerning about that show is uh there was there was a sunday where the whole family was together and we're watching it and when the character rip showed up, my my mother my sister and my girlfriend all at the same time said mm, like that <laughs> and we all know what mm means and i was like what is it yep. and my mom goes boy that's a good looking man yeah. right there and yeah. uh and and there's there's me and my swedish father who neither one of us have ever done a cowboy hat before in our life we're sitting there looking like well this ain't looking good for us. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So the so so needless to say, my girlfriend was very passionate about watching uh, Yellowstone every Sunday. It was uh, it was in our, our 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 shared calendar. So so God forbid she missed uh, seeing seeing Rip uh, on a Sunday night. Yeah. No. You know it's interesting. You know, my wife. Um, we had to go up to New York a couple weeks ago and, you know, we were in a hotel room in Queens and there's really not much to do at night. And that's when we started watching the, uh, the Lakers uh, show. And uh, I, she was even interested in it. Who does nothing about basketball. Um, it caught her attention. Um, and I've just been like, I, I think the thing that really is the thing I'm liking the best about that is the, the whole Pat Riley character. Yes. Uh, how he starts out. Like, uh, like he's not the Pat Riley. We've, we all know. <laughs> and, Not at all. I had, I had no idea. Like I, like I, I had no idea that kind of was his origin story. I also had no idea that Jerry West was such an angry guy. You know, yeah, like, I, I didn't realize that either. Uh, that's another good one. Um, and I, I've been told that they're doing a second series season that's going to cover the Shaq Kobe era. So I, I would I, imagine so. Yeah, this one's been such a such a huge success. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I, I put my foot in my mouth the other day because I was I was telling a friend of mine, you know, how much I admired Jerry Buss and and how he was an innovator and someone who who pushed boundaries. And I was like, you know, I, I really see a lot of similarities between myself and uh, and, and and Jerry Buss. Obviously, on my end, aspiration, I'm, I'm I'm no Jerry Buss, nor will I ever. Will be. You're not going to bring the Laker dances together, yeah. Well, that's my point. So, so we're watching the show. We we do this thing at like I'm rarely in town, but when I am, I usually grill out on a Sunday, and I have like you know friends over, and so we're all out on the back patio smoking and drinking and 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 watching the show. And my buddy goes, "Yeah, man, that's pretty cool that you kind of see some similarities between yourself and and Jerry Buck." And at that time, he was flipping. That had like you know the girls with the the Polaroids and the numbers and this and that and the girl shot me a look and I was like no 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 I I'm no Jerry Bus no sir no not yeah. not not at all that's, that's, that's not it <laughs> yeah no it's a, it's a good fit I heard it's like ninety percent accurate I heard there's like ten percent that's not accurate but I heard ninety percent of it's accurate yeah so. the group the, the the crew that they've got the executive producer and that. If you look at them, they've they've done some really some really cool stuff, and obviously there's creative liberty. Uh-huh. But uh, I think I think it, it's no surprise that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was exactly you I, know as yeah. as the character is, yeah. is portrayed yeah. there. I I have heard from Jerry West's camp. Uh, I've seen some stuff to where he's coming out and been like, "That's a, that's not you know." I never broke a putter. I never <laughs> said you know yeah. I, this and that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I never knew no, he was like this. I like off the hinge or as 
as he was. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 even the the guy, uh, what's his name, uh, Siegel, who's playing Paul Westfall. What, what a great, what a great character. So yeah, he he is too. He is. Yeah, that's my new my new my new favorite show for sure. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I I really am enjoying it. Okay, uh, there's two more questions, but Aaron gets the next question. Uh, when are you getting engaged? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I kind of. Kind of set myself up for that one. I've mentioned my girlfriend about ten times here, um, so I think uh, you know the thing is I've got, I think Coop and I made a deal that if I propose to her on the Cigar Coop show, that I get free advertising. Uh, yes, uh, we have. I have said that if you give us the exclusive on that, yes, for uh, for a year. So that being said, uh, baby, cut. No, I'm just playing. She's uh, oh. she, she doesn't she doesn't stay up to watch me do these things. She she's heard this spill before. Uh, so yeah, so, so I will say this, the, uh, the, the ring has been, uh, procured All right. and there is, uh, there, there is a plan and, you know, for surprises, but, but her and I've been dating for so long that I basically had to say, listen, okay, <laughs> I'm trying to surprise you, but here's when it's going to happen. So, yeah. so, right. uh, so yeah. And, oh. and, and much to my good pal, Jack Taranya, who, who's been losing boxes of cigars a year apparently to Hector, uh, this has become, you know, more than just myself and her. And, uh, I, you know, I, I went from having good conversations with Jack to him going, you know, don't fucking call me until you, you know, you know until you propose. So it's, uh, it's been, it's been, and, and the worst, the worst mistake I made is I took her to big smoke Miami last year. And so there was a, a quorum of Rocky Patel and Al Rubin and Nimitz and Pete Johnson and uh, and and Jack, who I'm sure led this whole thing to basically every one of them came up to me individually and was like, "You have outkicked your coverage, and you're 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 an idiot for taking as long as you have." So, <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that that's the downside of this tight knit community that we have here yep. in the in the cigar industry. Yeah, <laughs> very true. But the offer is out there, Justin. It's not going away. Uh... So Coop, I might take you up on that. I might have to. Throw I'll do it. I'll do. I'll do it, I'll do it anytime. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All right. Time, and, all right. Last question. Close out the segment. Uh, if there was a reality show about you. What would the title be? Oh man, there was a, there was a show a year years ago uh, called Party Down South, and uh, I'm 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 <laughs> I'm not doing myself any favors tonight. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I think I'm probably more part down south than Jersey Shore, um, and uh, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I've, I never have been, never will be famous enough to actually have something that that you know would be focused on me. But I think I could be an extra. I could be, you know, a uh, secondary character on uh, on the party down south and featured a Myrtle Beach trailer park. I would. I would. Go. <laughs> I would, I would, I would probably fit in that narrative uh, there, much to uh, STG's, uh, you know, shock. <laughs> All right, good job, Justin. All right, so what I'm gonna do is I'll do the last round of sponsor breaks, and then I said one more short segment, Justin, to close out the show. So, uh, first, I want to mention um, J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius Caesar Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America. For four generations at 126 years, J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. 
J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 111-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District in Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elmer Hole, J.C. Newman rolls premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines. The J.C. Newman Pencil Factory is the second largest in Nicaragua, and it's a brick house, Pearl Delmar, El Baton, Quorum, and Yagua cigars are hand-rolled. J.C. Newman's Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond cigars are handmade by tobacco or A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With its longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newmans founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, health care, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they've manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of their Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now, the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. You could try the Casa Cuevas Connecticut, Abano, Maduro, La Mandaria, and Patrimonial lines, as well as the Cuevas Reserva line. If you don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars from our Casa de Yours. And by Aventura Cigars. Aventura the Explorer is the first creation by Marcel Noble and Henderson Ventura. Immediately after lighting up the Explorer, the Mexican wrapper will delight the aficionado with its dark chocolate flavor. After a while and pleasure, the Dominican filler will flatter the aficionado's palate with wonderful spicy and leathery aromas and unite it with the wooden sweetness from Ecuador. Try Aventura the Explorer and explore the wonderful experience. We're going to get into our industry uh, deliberation segment, uh, sponsored by Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dumbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included seven consecutive top three appearances on the consensus, including uh, half-wheel number one consensus cigar of the year with the Mi Corita Tricky Traca in 2020. Visit DTC Cigars to find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dumbarton Tobacco and Trust. Okay, Justin, let's kind of get into this piece now. Um, we've talked a lot about um, these scores maybe you've received from some folks. Um, let's kind of just start uh-huh. off, Justin. What's your opinion on scar scoring in general? Give me your uh, take on it. Oh man, so I won't uh, I won't go full blown Skip Martin here <laughs> and and do do an analysis of, of, oh, okay. of, of the analysis here. Uh, no, Skip and I very different uh, uh, stages of our life. Um, I, I I I've been accused of uh, of of not giving uh, uh, the F word that I've been saying for so much tonight, the skip takes it to, to a whole nother level. Um, so I, you know, I, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn when, uh, when, when the ratings go in my favor, I promote it and I'm, you know, like, Hey, this is confirmation. I'm making some amazing stuff. And, and, uh, you know, this, this, this rating, uh, supports that. When in most cases, uh, mostly which involve Aaron and, uh, and, and his team, I'm, I'm on the opposite end. I'm like, these guys don't know a fucking cigar from a candy bar. Like, I mean, really, what are we, what are we doing? Who, like, why should I give two shits with this guy in San Francisco who's only drinking IPAs, you know? Why should I give two shits what he has to say about my cigar? So, so to answer your question, I'm, I'm a little bipolar in, in that example. Um, but, uh, but no, you, uh, you, 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 you see how quickly I get off on a tangent. Um, I, uh, you know, here's the thing. So much of what we do is subjective, but it's not isolated to just us. It's the same thing with any kind of luxury product, wine, bourbon. And, and I thought you guys were ridiculous for the longest time until I partnered with rabbit hole. 
And when you see some of the reviews, gets, it's like this bourbon smelled of a eucalyptus plant on a, a woodworker's bench in the fog of an early spring morning. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. No, like, you know, again. Now, that being said, it's uh, my thing in, in all seriousness. It's what I strive for uh, and whatever you want to call me. But when, when, when I'm in a factory and I'm working with our tobacco, I'm striving for balance, right? Because we all have certain receptors. You've got the salt, you've got the acid, you've got this. And, and, and depending on what you had for breakfast, what you had for lunch, what you've been exposed to, maybe you don't know what a eucalyptus uh, uh, plant smells like. Maybe you don't know what a rosemary plant smells like. Maybe you haven't been exposed to that. So what I strive for is, is balance because balance is not subjective, right? Balance, there, there's an actual metrics for that. Your, your buddy Hinky Kildner would, would, would attest to that. But what you perceive, what, what, you know, from an acid, from a heat, from a salt, from a fattiness, like all of that stuff is subjective. But what, what most of us can agree on are two things, construction and balance of flavor. And so that's what I strive for. But I will say this, I do embrace uh, people's subjective uh, uh, feedback on cigars, because if you look at wine and, you, you know, I, I remember the documentary I watched, uh, uh, you know, a year in Bordeaux and, and Psalm and, and guys were like, oh, when you open up uh, a, 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 a new thing of tennis balls, you know, and you crack that aluminum, that, that smell, or it's like when, when you're pouring water out of the hose and you get that smell and like, we can all relate to that because we, we've had those experiences or, you know, if your grandfather smelled of cigar tobacco and peppermints, like that's a familiar thing to you and that's what you get. So I think all of it has its place. My, my biggest thing is I, I'm so excited and so thrilled that people take the time to actually smoke the cigar and review the cigars and give their honest opinion about it. And that there's, there's consumers and retailers and manufacturers that listen to that. To me, that means that, hey, one, people are smoking cigars. Fantastic. Two, people give a shit enough about it to say, hey, here's, what, here's my experience from this cigar. And other people give a shit enough about that to go, hey, this is maybe the recommendation that, I, that I'm going down. Like, I like my Dominican cigars, and this is considered a mild Dominican cigar. So I, I, th I think it all has a place in, in kind of the ecosystem of what we're doing. But my personal philosophy is balance. You, you cannot substitute balance. Different flavor notes are, are maybe supplemental to that experience. But if I can create a cigar that hits those different receptors and create that balance, I would, I'm willing to bet that more often than not, you'll have a pleasurable experience out of it. Hashtag fuck Aaron Loomis. That's right. All right. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. All right. So let me ask a question here. Um, you, you follow the developing palette scoring system, right? I do. You understand it? Ah, uh, man. I, I, look, I will say <laughs> I'll give Aaron credit, which I hate to do. Aaron has sent me an extensive documents that that explain their scoring system. <laughs> Did I read it? No. Do I still criticize the scoring system? Yes. 
because to me, it's, it's, it's willful ignorance. I, I love to criticize it and have no idea what it means uh, from a price point. Like anytime they come out with something, I look at what Seth has to say about it. And, and, and I look at what, June, you know, basically everybody but Aaron. But no, I, I understand it. But I will say I've definitely had, had too much bourbon tonight because I'm giving Aaron more credit. I will say <laughs> as someone who's kind of, you know, charted my own path in this, in this standardized industry, we didn't need another uh, 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 company out there going, this is an 86 or this is a 92 or this is a 95, because what, what the hell does that mean? So I do appreciate what Developing Palace is doing and breaking it down in a different way. And that's my last compliment for Aaron tonight. Thank you. I'll, I'll cherish that one. Yeah, It'll that was a long a, time before I get was, another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, that's cool. I mean, um, so, but I mean, as far as that goes, right, um, let me just say, do you follow the one Dave Portnoy's pizza reviews? I do. I do. Do you understand that? Oh, absolutely. No. Then how, and, do, and, then and how don't you understand Aaron? Aaron's system is exactly the same, except he takes more than one puff. Yeah. That's the I, exact same thing. So here, if you understand that, here, then you understand then you understand Aaron's system. Here, here's the can you guys still hear me? Because one of my earpieces. Yeah, yeah you're good. All right. The 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 credit to uh to to El Jefe. And, and, and uh, a, a person that I've met a few times that I can, you know, we did a whole barstool thing with Macanudo. So, so he broke it down in layman's terms. And basically he said, look, you've got the Russian judge on, on the, U, you know, on, on the Olympic figure skating panel that never gives anybody anything. So if you give a pizza nine, like you, you're setting the bar pretty high. Yeah. So there's not like, where do you go from there? So he's you know, 7.5, 7.6. But to me, he, he has very clear standards, floppiness, you know, uh, 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 crust, uh, elasticity, uh, well done, medium well. And, and, and again, we can all relate to that number. It's like, hey, on a scale of zero to 10, this is a football pizza. This is a 6.5. It's a good Sunday afternoon. You ordered, you know, delivery, bada bing, bada boom. This other one is like, hey, I'm in the city. I'm going down to, you know, 42nd and whatever, and I'm going to stand in line for two hours, and this is an 8.5. I feel like Aaron would, would, would benefit from a little more uh, uh, descriptive, uh, uh, you know, approach to saying, here's, here's why Justin's cigars typically are 4.2 to 4.5. It's because... There's only 5% of all the cigars we've ever tasted that have achieved a higher rating than that. So in reality, Justin's cigars really test higher than most of the others. Ooh, that I'll agree with. That's, a, that's the point that I'll agree with. And something, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't looked at the scores exactly. No, you're right. Look, Aaron is the Russian judge. Aaron is yes, a Russian yes, judge yes, that yes. When, the, when, the, when the nice, petite, 80-pound girl from China does a triple axe, uh, triple whatever, you know, sow cow backflip. And everybody's like 9.9. .9, and that Russian judge is like solid seven. Yep. That's. Yep. All right. I'll, I'll even ask. I'm going to start a pot here. <laughs> <laughs> is there a cigar, Justin, that they were completely, you think, unfair to you when they reviewed it? Is there one that comes to mind? 
Uh, and I'm not going to ask you specifics why, but is there one that you say, how the hell did oh. they not like this cigar? Oh, two. I've got two, Coop. I've got two. <laughs> one, <clears throat> the whiskey rope. I was so clear. God, I was so clear with everyone that said, this is a barrel age cigar, barrel finish. This is not an infused cigar. This is not a flavored cigar. I took, you know, San Andrean Mexican binder. I took and the other, I took Brazilian Arapiraca binder and we finished it in this barrel, similar to a good Cabernet that's aged in a rum barrel. Like you see that stuff happen. I was so clear. And I feel like within about a two week period, I had my good friend Patrick from Halfwell that's like, this is why I don't like barrel aged cigars. I don't taste any of the bourbon. I don't have any of the influence, blah, 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 blah. And then Aaron, Aaron said almost the same thing. And I was like, I don't know. I lost my voice straining to these guys that goes, hey, we took an incredibly full body, peppery, spicy, like 1% of the 1% would want this cigar because it just literally just burns your mouth out. And we mellowed it out by aging it in these barrels and by taking a neutral binder leaf, a neutral binder leaf that's normally there just for combustion. And by aging that in these, these whiskey barrels added a depth of flavor just beneath the wrapper. I was so incredibly clear, Coop, so incredibly clear. And much to my demise and, and just heartache, so many people are like, I don't taste the bourbon. I don't get it. It says it's whiskey infused. Don't like it. Doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, so-and-so's barrel age was much better, right? So that's number one. Number two, when we released Esteli Puro, I was so clear that, guys, this is a cigar that you've never smoked before. You've never tasted anything like this. It took five years and AJ to install a drip irrigation system in his farm in Esteli to grow rapidly, right? So everybody's like, oh, I love Nicaraguan tobacco. They don't realize that 98% of the tobacco that comes from Nicaragua is binder and filler. Very few people are growing wrapper. And I was like, guys, you're going to have to smoke this cigar multiple times because there's no familiarity. You're going to smoke this cigar and you're going to think it's one dimensional. It's going to be a little harsh, but you got to understand that this is a puro. This is a cigar that the wrapper, the binder and the filler all came from Escalade. The strength of Nicaragua is that we, we get tobacco. We use tobacco from Ometepe. We use tobacco from Condega. I use Jalap and Viso. Uh, all these things, right? All, all this like insider stuff that your, your customers are like, oh, Nicaraguan tobacco. Like they don't even understand where it comes from. And I was so cool. I, was, I, I thought I was so clear. And sure enough, I'm, here I am on my phone watching the developing palette guys go through this. And they're like, eh, it's a little harsh. It's a little one-dimensional. I don't get it. And so, uh, so yeah. That sounds like John. That sounds like John. Why you did that one? It's a little. You know, I don't know. I don't know if, if you know. Maybe if Pete Johnson had made this cigar, it'd have been pretty good. You know, man. I don't know, Justin. Ah, this isn't. This isn't that great. So yeah. So that's my uh, my animated response to uh, to to your question there again. Hashtag, uh, fuck Aaron Loomis. <laughs> and I will say this, just for all the diesel consumers out there, 
I would encourage you to uh, open the bands on some of the future Diesel releases because that hashtag might be making an appearance in one of our releases. I'm I'm disappointed. I was expecting a full line based on that hashtag. So I, I would do I would do a full line here, but I'd probably have to pay you royalties on no, it. No, <laughs> I'll let you have that one for free. I'll let you have that one for free. The Loomis. <laughs> no, just FAL. FAL. I'm the fine F- with that. Yeah. And like I told, like I told Aaron again, you know, so much of what we do, and again, we're we're a really small community, and everybody gets along, and it's great. And 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 I, Aaron is absolutely one of my favorite people. And I love that he doesn't give in to peer pressure and 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 uh, actually, you know, he can smoke a really amazing diesel cigar and still give it a shitty rating. You know, I love that that, you know, he, he's he's standing firm in that. But but no, me and Aaron going back and forth is one of my favorite things. And I had to clarify that at one point, because much like Ben Lee, uh, there were people that were like, what is the what is the problem with you and Aaron? Like that, and I'm like, there is no problem. Right. It's there's absolutely no problem. But people love to stir that pot, you know that. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to do it tonight, even. <laughs> so absolutely. I'm, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just I don't, I don't know if you want to rebut it, but I have I have a couple of rebuts on what you said, Justin. Okay. Oh, okay. So here's what I'm gonna say, and I, I agree with what you said on the on the on the whiskey row, except the branding when you branded it that way, it's kind of hard to separate it. I, I understand. That was never positioned like that, but it, that's that's the first one, right? The second one, the absolutely pure. What I'll say is, and I always bust on Aaron, like I the robusto did give me that harshness, right? But when I smoked the Toro, it was like night and day. I mean, the Toro was just a great. I mean, I, I understand why Bear really loved it because I remember when Bear had that number two, I was just like, I'll be honest, guys, I'm like I, I thought he's crazy. Then he sent me the cigars. He sent me some Toros. And I'm like, this, these are night and day compared to the Robusto for me, at least. So I don't know if it was a factor of some aging or the size, but I definitely enjoyed that size much more in the Toro. Well, Coop, Coop, you're, you're a Vitola whore, bro. You, yeah. uh, you, you, uh, my whiskey road, big fan of the Churchill. The Churchill was, yeah, I like the Churchill much better than the Robusto. And it was, uh, I think it was Nick who gave me the, uh, the whiskey row in uh, Atlanta in the church. Like, you got to smoke this in the Churchill. And I remember I liked it enough where I bought it. Um, I bought some of them afterwards. I was like this. I, to me, that was, that was the size that, that just clicked with me. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, I'm going to turn you up here because both, both my headphones died. Yeah, um, yeah. It, uh, here, here's the thing. And, and I, I'll say this because I, you know, he's one of my dear friends, but I, I was at an event a long time ago uh, and, and my old pal Rocky Patel was, uh, was, was hosting the event and, and Rocky got up in front of the crowd and basically said, you know, we, uh, hold on, let me do my Rocky voice. He goes, when I blend cigars, I take the Robusto and the Toro and the Churchill and we make them to taste the same. And everybody's clapping. Rocky, yes, yes, well done. And, uh, and, and I'm sitting back there going, no shit. That's exactly what we all try to do. Like, right. if you're blending cigars, you're trying to have the same flavor profile across whether you've got a Panatella and a Corona and a double Corona, or you've got a Robusto, Toro, Churchill, or you've got a Hagante. Like, that's what we all try to do. But the reality of the situation 
is within every blend, there is a certain Vitola that expresses that blend in the best way. And I, and Coop, I 100% agree with you that in the original Whiskey Road, that seven by 49 Churchill yeah. is perfection. And the reason it's perfection is because that binder leaf is aged in those barrels. So you have a very close ratio of wrapper to binder, right? And so, and, and, and that smaller ring gauge really, really enhances that cigar. Not enhances it in a bourbon flavor way, but it enhances it in a, in, a, in a way that you're like, I can't quite identify what I'm smoking. All I know is that it's mild, it's creamy, it's flavorful. It has a little bit of that Nicaraguan spice, but it's not overwhelming, right? The Churchill 100% is the best Vitola out of that. And the same thing happened with the Esteli Puro because the, the strength in blending is, is utilizing tobaccos that pair well, right? Like I used to tell people in the Lou Rodriguez days, a San Andrean Mexican wrapper with a Nicaraguan binder filler is like milk and cookies. They just go perfect together. And that's, that's a match made in heaven. We all know the brands that use San Andrean Mexican wrapper, Nicaraguan binder filler. <coughs> a draw. So it's, it's the same thing with the Esteli Puro. The, the challenge was like, what are we doing? Why are we bringing this product to market that utilizes tobacco from a single region, a single source? But I wanted to tell the story. I also wanted to promote the fact that, hey, Esteli can really do some amazing things with tobacco. That being said, the Toro in the Esteli Puro gives you a better uh, uh, expression of that blend because there's a little more balance. Um, same thing with the new Fool's Aaron. We're using a 5x58 Figurato. We call it the Morning Star size. This cigar is so much stronger and has so much more flavor, which I prefer, than when I made it in a Churchill size, which is why I didn't release it in the Churchill. I released it in this. So again, all of my, all of my cigar buddies out there that, you know, we, we all have our pitch. No matter what you do and no matter how hard you try, if you create a brand with more than one size, there's going to be that one size that it's like, this is what, this is, you know, this is what I was looking for. This is what my ultimate goal was. And whether that's a church or a Toro, that's, that's why you have these preferences. Well said. Aaron, anything else you want to add on that? Because I got, no. I got one more question for Justin. No, it's good. All right. So Justin, last question tonight. Um, there's been a lot talked about, um, about this whole responsible marketing, marketing with kids. Where's the line drawn? Um, curious, you know, from an SDG standpoint, I know you guys don't market to kids. That's not the issue. But in terms of the, now this, this becoming an issue, is this something that SDG is looking at? And uh, what, what, you know, maybe you give some insights into that. Yeah. <clears throat> so obviously, as a company, we, we, we do a lot of things uh, uh, to be responsible to a lot of things, responsible to the environment, responsible to our workers, responsible to, to the end consumer, right? And, and, and as a company our size, we have all these initiatives, whether it's reducing our, our, our carbon footprint, whether it's reducing, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of emissions that we have whether it's the raw materials we use using sustainable resources at our factory from, from wood to boxes. So it, it, it's a big thing for us. And, and 
very conscious of that. And these these are not my words. These are words from, you know, Scandinavian tobacco. Group. Like right. they're, they're right. very aware right. of, of our impact in all these different areas. So so it's always top of mind for us. From a branded standpoint, it's not something we've never really that I've ever had to really be concerned with, because as I told you before, the majority of, of the brands that I work on and, and that STG promotes are tobacco forward brands, right? right. We're focusing more on, on our blends and our factories capabilities. That being said, we're in an advantageous uh, position because we're vertically integrated. We grow tobacco, we roll tobacco, we ferment tobacco, we have box factories. So we're, we're not necessarily, as you see, some of these private label cigar companies that are going out and saying, hey, what can I do to make an impact? Like, what can I do to get the press release that people actually pay attention to? What can I do to get, you know, the social media chatter? We're in a very different world from that. So for me, and I think you guys can see from all of our brands and all of our innovations that we've never really had to toe that line. Um, because we're not coming out with something that could be perceived as marketed to, to a demographic that otherwise shouldn't be consuming uh, combustible tobacco. Um, so f- for me, like, I know, I know that's, that's maybe not, you know, as in depth as, as you want it, but for me, it's a non-issue because I, you know, again, when I, when I launch uh, El Rey the Mundo, when I launch a new version of this or that, maybe the ring, you know, ring gauge changes, maybe the, the wrapper variety changes, but I don't necessarily, because of our, our bandwidth and because of our distribution, I don't have to dig as deep as the guy who's, you know, sitting in his garage trying to figure out, hey, how do I create something that maybe has a catchy name or something that is, you know, on that, on that side. All, same thing with the cigar clubs. And I've seen, yeah, Coop, as you know, I'm, 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 you know, this is what I do. So I'm very aware and I've seen the things that these cigar clubs are doing. I've seen the chatter back and forth, but, but, uh, but for us, uh, everything comes back to responsible marketing. And if you stay true to the tobacco and to the blend, and this is my own personal philosophy, all that other noise goes away. Right. So, so when I have a press release that goes out for fool's errand and I talk about Connecticut broadleaf and I talk about, you know, a, a binder leaf that, that, that utilizes Ometepe tobacco. And I'm talking about fillers that come from Honduras and Nicaragua. Like, that's the communication. That's the noise. What I'm not doing is saying, hey, I put a cartoon character on the band and, I, you know, or I'm utilizing, you know, I'm reimagining a Dr. Pepper case or I'm, you know, whatever. And, and so for me, a lot of this, a lot of this controversy and a lot of this, quite frankly, bullshit would go away if people came back and said, hey, I cultivated or, or, or acquired the best possible tobacco that I could. And blending this, this variety with this variety ultimately led to a cigar that achieved the balance that has these underlying flavors. And that eliminates the noise. All the other is it's just noise. It's desperation. And I'm not saying I fault these these companies or these people because I'm not in that position. I'm not in that position to where I'm fighting tooth and nail to get so-and-so to discuss my 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 brand on a show or to get, you know, the certain controversy. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I empathize with their with their situation. But for me, it all comes back to what are we doing? 
we're trying to make, we're trying to take tobacco and, and, and change it from the factory that's literally across the street from me. Or I'm trying to take tobacco from my farm in Mao that's right across from the Davidoff farm. And I'm trying to do things like that. And I feel like if more people focus on the tobacco itself and then it come up with these gimmicky bullshit things, we wouldn't have that, that, that issue. Now you could look back at me and go, well, you just launched a series called Sunday gravy. And to me, my, my, my rebuttal to that would be, yeah, I, I have a 10 pack cigars with gabagool on it, but we are very clear that like, this doesn't taste like Italian sausage. There's no rosemary in it. What it is is that Sunday gravy is simmered low and slow on the burner on a Sunday and you're gathering family around. AJ and I's philosophy on fermenting tobacco is low and slow. And our goal is that when you buy this 10 pack of cigars, you're, you're going to share it with your friends. And so to me, you know, I get a little passionate about this, but that, that brings it all back to the, to the core of what we're doing. Like, my goal is to create an experience for someone that enhances their day or enhances their week or enhances their gathering at their home or enhances the guy that comes into the cigar shop and goes, hey, guys, I just got the new box of Rosa Marino. Here you go. Boom, 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 boom. Like, that's what it's all about. It's not about creating controversy and, and creating something that everybody's focused on the box and all, you know, the warning label or this and that, like. My, my thing is all comes back to square one and square one is create the best product that you can at the most affordable price and let the other guys chase the gimmicks. That's fair. That's a fair, I think that's a fair point. Good. Well, well said. Well said on that. And by the way, and, for the record, okay, Justin. No, I was just going to say, and hopefully along the line at some point, you, you make a cigar that Aaron rates over a 4.5. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, cool. for the record, uh, the Sunday gravy box does not look like a paint can. So I'll just say that. <laughs> I didn't think that. So I, I saw that Fair. comment. Fair. I did. See- <laughs> no, it's tough. There, I mean, there's a fine line. Like, yeah, I, I, I created a gravy pot display that a retailer could, could display the product and have back storage. But for me, the truth behind that is I was like, hey, Everybody walks into a cigar shop and they go into the humidor. I can create something that lives outside of that humidor, right? And, and if you go into a cigar shop, especially in your area, Coop and Charlotte, more often than not, you walk in, it's on the new table or it's by the register. Yeah. And then you walk into the humidor and you see my whiskey roll, my Esteli Puro, my Deliriums and Crucible. Yeah. So, so it wasn't like a gimmick. It wasn't like, hey, I want somebody to see a gravy pot and think that this is going to remind me of, of – grandma's sunday gravy it was right. like hey i'm gonna walk in i'm gonna see this and it's a great affordable price so so to me and again i trust me i'm not standing on the mountaintop looking down on people at all at at all but for me i throughout my career i've avoided this type of controversy because i'm i have a singular focus my singular focus is that i don't create a box and a gimmick and then go just put whatever blend in it I come up with a blend and I work with my great partners and then I go, all right, this blend is like diesel delirium. This blend is best than a six by 52 Toro. How do I create something around this? But ultimately it comes back to that experience. And, and, and I've been fortunate in, in my life in this industry to have people that came up to me and said, Hey, listen, I'm a divorced father of three and I've got custody of my kids and I get one hour a day. 
And that one hour a day is after I put the girls to bed, it's nine o'clock and I smoke a Lou Rodriguez cigar or I smoke a diesel cigar. And to me, that's what it's all about. That right there, that, 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 all this bullshit and all this stuff and all this, everything that we do and all the market, marketing gimmick, gimmicks, it all comes down to that is that this guy chose to spend his dollars on my brand. And if he has the faith in my brand, then I should deliver to him the best experience possible. And that experience isn't the band. It's not the box. It's not that my great, great grandmother was in a factory in the Dominican and she created this box. And if you slap a warning label on it, it diminishes the whole thing. That has nothing to do with it. All it comes down to is you light, you cut the cigar, you light the cigar and for that hour, all your problems go away. All the bullshit goes away and it doesn't cost you a week's salary to acquire that cigar and to have that hour of, of enjoyment. Well said. Well said. I, I, I can see that. I, I, a good, very good point you made. You got me all fired up. No, no, I, I wanted, that's what we wanted to do. All right. So we're at the end of the show. Uh, Joseph, first, I want to thank you as well. Um, thank everyone, our audience as well. Um, hey, a couple of programming notes. Um, so um, next week, uh, we'll be doing Primetime Jukebox episode 69. We'll be recapping the Grammy Awards. And uh, we also will be talking uh, more of the Rolling Stone Top 500 uh, uh, um, songs of all time. Uh, so we'll be continuing that list. But after that... Um, there's going to be two weeks we won't have any programming. Um, so the, the next two weeks we won't have any programming. And that's because I am traveling for business first and then personal second. So we will not be back on the air until the last week in April. We'll be announcing what that show is coming up soon. So uh, appreciate everyone's patience on that. Um, Justin, thanks again, man. Uh, great to have you. I know we, we, uh, we tease you a lot, um, but uh you know, uh, thanks for sharing everything, your candor and everything. It's, it's, it's very much appreciated. Uh, we're very, I'm very glad to have you on the five year show. Hopefully, Aaron. Yes, yes. Yeah, we, we really want. Yeah, we really want. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah no, you know, thank you. Thank you, Coop. Uh, yeah. uh, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. And again, it's, it's, it's all in good fun. But, uh, like you said, we, we've come a long ways from making mojitos and Havana Phil's store in, in, in 2000. Still, still the greatest event I ever attended. <laughs> still the greatest, so, no, event, the I, almost hardworking event. I mean, Seth and I will say that we talk, we, we always talk about that event. It's at least once a year, we bring it up. No, it's, it's been, it's been great, man. It's been, you know, we, we don't often have, we're all so busy. You don't have time to really sit back yeah. and reflect yeah. a whole lot, but, uh, but, but the journey's been great. And uh, no, I will say that I, I'm, humbled that you would you would invite me to be on your uh your your fifth year anniversary and uh and again it's i it's it's i i look i never in my wildest dreams would i be what i imagine that i'd be doing something that you know uh, uh was a passion of mine and that so many people enjoy and that i get to you know make a living uh making people happy and and and, and doing all the things that i do it's a lot of sacrifice um, but no, coming on shows like you, uh, like you've got here and, and, and talking about it gives us a platform. And, and so I, I don't know, Coop, I don't, I, I would imagine everybody would, but I, but I hope you understand the uh, contribution you make uh, to our category. And, and like I said, giving us a platform to talk about 
our new products. And so, uh, you know, again, you, you're the man who hands out the, the man of the year awards and, uh, and things like that. But if it wasn't for guys like you that advocate, uh, on our behalf and give guys like me, you know, and again, I'm, I'm just a worker bee. I, I, I work for a big company and, and, and try to do things, but if it wasn't for guys like you, uh, I wouldn't have the voice that I have today. So, so thank you very much. And, uh, I, I appreciate you. I uh, appreciate you, Justin, as well. So thank you very much. And I know uh, thanks for taking the time. Thanks to the shop as well for staying late. We do appreciate that. What shop was it you in tonight? It's uh, Blackbeard Cigars okay. in, in Greenville, North Carolina. So, you know, they were nice enough to let me come in here. Yeah. Uh, the, we the weather was a little bad today. So my, uh, my back patio was not an option. Um, so they were nice enough to let me come in here. And uh, these are good guys. And uh, they've been supporting the cigar kind of culture here in this in this town for a long time um so yeah so so and again it's a testament to what we do we make great friends and and, and have really cool people no that's great that's great again thank you to our audience our uh you know who's been with us for five years um thanks to our sponsors again the strategic partners all the companies that have supported us over this five-year uh venture um, thanks to you, Aaron, as well, again, uh, for making this show what it is. Um, it would not, you know, I think we, we've done something special here. Like Aaron and I always say, this is a show we want to listen to. So that's what we strive to do with every show here. Um, and, uh, you know, Aaron, the last thing I'll just say is, you know, I don't think you and I have ever come off a show like disconnected ever. Right. You know, I think we've like always, you know, like, man, we were just far apart in terms of the interview or anything like that. And I, I think that's something, you know, that's a testament to us working together on that. So, yep, exactly. so thank you as well. Yeah. Um, and the same with bear. I haven't had the same thing in, in the other guys. So I'm really fortunate with that because I didn't have that in the past. So mm -hmm. um, thank you guys. So that's going to wrap up primetime episode 224 into the annals of history for Thursday, April 7th, now Friday, April 8th on the East coast. Uh, we'll see everybody uh, next Monday night. Take care, everybody. See you guys.